0: What's happening weirdos? This, I can't believe it. This is Jason Alexander, the great Jason Alexander and Alexander the Great. Well, there it was in front of us the whole time. So thrilled that I got to sit down with this remarkable human being. I'm so glad you guys are here to check it out. As I always say, let's get to it as quickly as possible. Just a couple quick plugs, including my new tour. Here's the art. There's the art. Pete Holmes, the Where Were We Tour. We're gonna be launching this art soon. I'm gonna be in Toronto, Atlantic City, New Jersey, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Washington, DC. That's just the beginning. Uh, Hopefully by the time this is live, tickets will be at PeteHolmes.com. I'm pretty sure they will be. So go to PeteHolmes.com for tickets. Or if you're in the Los Angeles area, go to Largo-LA.com. I do a monthly show at Largo. Always the highlight of my month. Please come to that. So, 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 so fun. Dimitri Martin did it recently. Amy Schumer, Rory Scovel, John Mulaney, Judd Apatow. Incredible musical guests as well. Uh, So hope you can make that. The next one is September 8th. But if you're in any of those cities, Toronto, Atlantic City, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Atlanta, Charlotte, or Washington, D.C., hope to see you for the Where Were We Tour. Shaboom! I'm holding it up for for the YouTube people. For the audio people, you can see it on my Instagram, or just live in mystery, wondering what the, what the tour art looks like. But go to PeteHolmes.com for tickets. And guys, as you know, uh, the show is supported by the Pete's Picks. I'm super excited, you guys. We have a new Pete's Pick on this episode. And run, do not walk, to check this one out. This app is brought to us by our friends at Brain FM. Brain FM has been a part of my daily creative routine for years now, and I'm so happy to be partnering with them. Every morning, I sit down at my computer, throw on my headphones, these headphones, hit focus, hit creative flow, and boom, I'm in the pocket, ready to work, create, and focus. Without it, I find it so much harder to complete tasks, I procrastinate, I have a hard time meeting deadlines, even if they're my own self-imposed deadlines for my own good, but with Brain.fm, I am signaling to my brain literally that it is time to get things done and it works. So what is it? On the surface, Brain.fm seems like an app that gives you the perfect background music for creative work, study, reading, meditation, relaxation and sleep, and that is true. It is incredible music to work or read or meditate to, but under the surface, it is doing so much more than that. Brain FM's composers work hard to create amazing sounding music that doesn't distract and uses their patented audio technology to boost your mental state on demand. Brain FM's scientists and composers, they add patterns to their music that change the patterns in your brain creating increased blood flow and electrical connectivity activity in the brain and increasing focus in as little as five minutes regular music think about it is designed to be distracting it wants your attention so you're constantly interrupted using regular stuff to skip you have to skip and it pulls you out of that flow that you're trying to get into so skip the skipping with Brain FM, you can get a wide variety of sounds and genres from natural soundscapes to lo-fi electronic music that get you in the zone almost immediately without having to pick the perfect playlist, and it's science-backed. Brain FM actually has the scientific research to back up their claims through close collaboration with neuroscientists and a wide array of field experiments and testing. but even better, their music is made by real composers, not computers and, and, but in, uh, instead multi instrumentalist composers that way, the soundscapes on Brain FM still have the warmth of real people so check it out, support the show, support your brain, support your creativity, your goals and and, and procrastination go to brain.fm slash weird to get 30% off, 30% off your first year of brain.fm and start getting more done with less effort and unlock your best self on demand. Experience the difference that the right music can make in your life. Go to brain.fm slash weird for 30% off. We're also brought to us by our friends, my new favorite, best looking, best feeling shorts I've ever owned, bird dogs. I've never been a big short guy. That is true. And it turns out I was rocking the wrong shorts. Even though I love swimming, I also hate swim trunks, but bird dogs change both of those categories for me, especially now that it's summer. I love liberating my legs and getting in water as often as possible. And now thanks to my dogs, I can get (laughs) and do that while feeling totally comfortable and looking really good. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs have stretch khaki shorts designed for a fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look, which I love. And Bird Dog Shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. And honestly, you know, know, they look better and it's not Lululemon. (laughs) They're not stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs uses anti-stink, anti-sweat, like sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash weird and you get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. I use this tumbler almost every day, I love it. That's birddogs.com slash weird for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Support your short look, support your bathing suit look and support the show, birddogs.com slash weird. All right, everybody. Enjoy. I can't I still thank you to Michael Rosenbaum. We talk about him in, in the episode he gave me the connection to Jason. So glad that it happened. Thank you to Michael. Guys, get into it.
1: The minute of you may.
0: Yeah, this oh, is the look a like a tub. This is the couch <laughs> I bought. And feel free to get cozy. You're a theater man. Ooh, oh, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> we represent <laughs> you know, Oh my god I said when you came in no short jokes I won't have it. Nope, you're the guest of jokes. honor. Come on. Let me that's a good place to start. So you're okay getting on this couch and being comfy. A lot of people yeah. won't do that. Really?
1: They resist. How do you How do you know the re- way to how navigate? You, uh, how do you resist just yeah. get on it? Liquid death. <laughs> Not water. <more. Not> <laughs> What the, what the hell is that? You just give it
0: a little turn. Liquid death. Mountain water. <laughs> I really thought this was
1: going to be like, you know, some Uber Red Bull product. No,
0: it does look like an energy drink that wow. gives you a third of an erection, but it doesn't.
1: It, it doesn't that's, get you all the way well, there. By the way, that's that's all we need. That's, well, I've been working with that for at least 15 years.
0: <laughs> you mean uh, one third Alexander? Yeah. That's what they
1: call it. <laughs> but that's yeah. all you need oh, yeah, 33 right percent. is he a sponsor is this a sponsor this is a sponsor well, they're the gonna bi- be thrilled let me, let me do that they're gonna be <laughs> favorite, favorite them. that's right i do commercials Fuck i you. <laughs> mean right it's a it's a fact of life wow. the liquid death's keeping
0: the lights on but it, i really have a question first of all what a thrill
1: stop it what a thrill again finish your thought but it's uh i know by the way i have stolen that line finish your thought i think it's i think it was jerry seinfeld i think that's the first time i heard it and i don't know if he appropriated it from somebody but it's such a great he, somebody would thought. say something nice about him and he'd go please it's too much stop you're embarrassed finish your thought <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it was jerry it's very good <laughs> i
0: uh i wouldn't nor i wasn't planning on bringing this up let's say that but when i met jerry it was like an episode of seinfeld in that or curb you know yeah, very similar of. shows but like i he complimented something i had done yeah. and i went like this i went i went <laughs>
1: right like the, that the old squeezy and he, eye doll and yes <laughs> yes <laughs> the but, eye's but, but,
0: but i mean i really did that yeah. I, I literally went like and i'm standing closer than we are like we're in a crowded little party thing and i go and i could tell like the Oprah hands of the pilot. I blew it. Like I like I wasn't really worried that I blew it, but right, I was right, like right. I've gone too big. Too big, right? Same so, when I met correct, Larry David. Right. I yeah. said big fan and he looked at me like I swear to god, his face if the subtitles were on, don't say big fan. Wow. <laughs> that's that's what it that's what it was. Really. And then uh, Flanny who runs Largo, I don't know if you've ever been to Largo. No. It's a theater. We'll get you there. Great shows. Yeah. Awesome. That's where Larry was. And Flanny went. Don't say big fan. Don't say big fan. Really? But he—he he was sort of breaking my balls. But I—I I, I didn't think it was sincere. I would have thought that that Larry. Would it would have be, been okay.
1: Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think what, what. I mean. Well, let me ask I, you. I haven't written the book on Larry David, but I, I, I can't imagine that he would find that to be uh, you haven't inappropriate him professionally
0: and, and yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
1: I, I carry a piece of him around <laughs> at, at all times, but. Your blood yeah. type is your blood type, but also <laughs> so I'll, I'll take whatever Larry's yeah. is, which I think is like raw cashews and spring water. I'm not sure. Whatever's keeping that man alive. Yeah. It's it's phenomenal. He's going for it. He is. There's... He looks now the way he looked 30 years ago. I, and yeah. I don't know if that's good, bad, or different, but <laughs> I mean, it may have been he the looked goodness. a little older than he should have back then, yeah. or yeah. he looks fantastic now, but yeah. he... yeah. You know, he, he's certainly successful, and I as close to happy as Larry's going to get. So yeah. I, I think he's he feels uh, he feels uh, vibrant and alive. And I, I always projected onto it that he was. Uh... By the way, I have to do this because this looks like we're going to go fly fishing later. What, what, what is happening? Does. Oh, it's a Would, feather. Feather. would you, would you it's put a it feather. in your cap? <laughs> yeah. The feather oh, is God. also a sponsor. This feather so brought there... to you by Liquid Death. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Birds don't have to die for them to be deep I don't think do so. No, 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 no. 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, all, it's optional. Do? It's optional. Oh, No, right. you don't have to. birds lose feathers We're thinking all the time. they're like sheep. <clears throat> no, birds lose feathers. I promise you.
0: Yeah. This is a woodsman. Yeah. <laughs> We're to, take it from two men of the woods. Yeah. True five. Maple, New Jersey. Boy Scout. Right? Here, I always thought it was that when some people, when their number comes in, in a big way, then they go, like, well, I have one of the, I I could, I have the potential to live one of the greatest lives of all time. So I should stop eating melted cheese constantly. Some <laughs> people go the other way and they're like, right. I'm going to eat melted cheese, a lot of melted cheese. I'm right. the king. Right. Yeah. You can't tell me not to eat melted cheese now. Right. But there are other examples other than Larry David. I'm trying to think, but none, none come to mind when they're really like, like I just saw Mark Maron re- in Montreal. Yeah. And he's going, Larry David. He's, I don't know what he's doing. But he looks vegan.
1: Let's say that. Yeah, Larry. I don't think Larry. Again, I, I'm not. Uh, I know I should be the aficionado on Larry David, but I don't think Larry changed it up in a big way when. when oh, he really? Got successful. I, I, you know, he doesn't live in in Manhattan Plaza apartment complex anymore right. in New York, but he's got some property. But I don't. Uh, you know, it's it's the people I think he hangs with have are, changed. Okay, yeah, but I don't think his his day-to-day tastes about stuff he was always kind of a healthy guy I, well you know we used to do a thing <laughs> yeah. so Your images of pizzas and would, the only time scratching. we all kind of hung out really yeah was after a taping we would go to the jerry's deli uh, uh on, that used to be there on ventura boulevard and uh, and we'd sort of do a debrief about the show the writers and the core cast would go and so i'm trying to think back there was there was a game that that Jerry and I, and I remember maybe Larry Charles or some of the writers used to play about, we would order as if you were upping the ante at a poker game. <laughs> you know, that may, you may get indigestion, but this order will kill me. <laughs> <You> know, so, <laughs> and, but, and I remember Larry kind of participating in that. So I guess he was a bit of a, of a Cavalier eater, but. Well, I have to think,
0: okay, so. We're we're only going to talk about you. This just happened to come up. I remember I was obsessed with Seinfeld when I was young because I grew up religious yeah. and he was clean. So I was very interested right. in him sure. as a comedian. Yeah. And then I would read like books and stuff about him. And, and then it would say something like, at rap, everyone would smoke cigars. And I was like, Jerry? Yeah. Like I had this weird, yeah. almost Latter-day Saint protection of him. Whereas like... Jerry's Not my Jerry.
1: A, not, not my Jerry.
0: Exactly. But that is yeah. true. That was a, a Um a,
1: they used to go back. So Jerry and Larry shared an you office. You did not you didn't I was not smoker, a cigar smoker yeah. much to my father's chagrin cuz my father on his deathbed when he hadn't eaten for a month or had, you know, water to drink for a week said, "Dad, can I get you anything? Kill for a cigar." Uh, is that true? Oh yeah. Did you give him one? He was in a room with oxygen, I mean. Yeah. I wanted to. I actually, I, I said, "Come on, get him a piece of He's, Nicorette. Yeah, it was going to be fun. But um, yeah, the guys used to go. I think uh, Jerry and Larry always shared an office, and I think they would go back and they'd pop open the the humidor. Okay. But I know Jer- yeah, Jerry. Yeah, uh, Jerry's a cigar smoker. Yeah.
0: Well, that that was so. The first thing we said, you came into the house and it, and we're moving out. I'm like, we're moving to Ohio, and we were talking about the, my my sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> the the line being clear. Yeah. I do you remember where your
1: dressing room was at Radford because Yeah, well I we had in... two because we were on two different stages at Radford. We started in the back on stage tw- I'm where the 20, plaque. we were on 19 and then the we moved to the was. front on stage 9 oh, okay. right <laughs> up front. So right up front um if you if you came out the big garage door and you turned to the right and there was a staircase up to the second floor and if you went up to the second floor, came around, and went three doors down, that was my dressing room.
0: Okay. Well, I don't think we are in the same I'm right above Elaine's. I don't
1: know if they changed it to Elaine's hair yeah, studio. I don't know. I, you know, that lot is completely changed since we were there. It's d- doubled in size, all that other oh, stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, that was, none of that was there. We didn't have, they built a little tiny New York street for us because we were I we had gotten to the point where we kind of were outside a lot and we needed a real New York Street so we were gonna I think the rumor was we were gonna go over to Paramount because they had that great back they got the big one and uh, and Robert said, wait wait, "Wait, wait, we'll we'll put up something." And they did. They built like a two two block. I wish uh, I could think of a, which is why we never left those two blocks. If you notice, you <laughs> nine I do. years we're on those two blocks. That's right. I said, Nothing else in New York exists. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Well, this this look, we we went right.
0: I always pledge. I'm like, we're going to do the interview. We don't cover the things <laughs> right. that you always get asked. Sure, but let's let's begin again, even though that All was right. a delight for me. Sure. Here's my first my first real question for you. Yeah. My most genuine curiosity. How is it being Jason Alexander? Here's a little preface. When I, when I open the door for you. You just made me happy. I was just happy to see oh, you. Oh, well, that's
1: so sweet. Well, you know, and right back at you. Well, I appreciate fact. that. Is that why is that? Do you um, finish your thought. Yeah. yeah your thought. <laughs> um, how is it? Uh, you know, uh, um, it's generally lovely. I I do not live a life that I anticipated in any way. Although I knew at twelve years old that I wanted to be an actor, but I I thought of a very different kind of career. I was just trying. I grew up in New Jersey. And I fell in love with the theater. So I was just trying to get across the river. Uh, I just wanted to be a stage actor in New York. And that's what I was doing in the 80s. And I was blissfully happy. But it wasn't, it's not this. It's not celebrity. It's not um, uh, the financial security that I've gotten. And I had no uh, particular fantasies about about being this. So it has... uh, What... The, the part that's lovely and wonderful, um, my mom was a nurse and a nurse educator all her life. And she truly, like all Jewish mothers, wanted me to potentially go into medicine, mm. um, primarily because she thought that a good, a good life is a life of service. Being in service to other people.
0: Sorry, we have to go to a commercial break.
1: <laughs> Liquid death. <dip. laughs>
0: Just when I am confronted with that level of beauty and nobility, yeah. it is sort of humbling. Yeah, my mom really I, did believe in
1: that. Yes. And and it, it has... It, it certainly used to strike me that being an actor is the quintessential opposite of that. Mm. I do this because I have a flair for it. It brings me joy. And eventually I was able to make a career out of it. But I always thought of it as a very, very sort of selfish profession. You know, God forbid we get to the end of the show and people don't clap. You go, fuck you, you know. You know, sure. So what I have learned, and maybe it's the, the, the body of the career, but it's certainly Seinfeld. And I've told these stories before, but, but I'll, I'll walk through one or two of them quickly. You haven't I been interrupted get, by the best. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I, I probably hear from people at least once every other week, but several times a month still, specifically about Seinfeld, where they will say to me, either in letter or in person, I was going through really hard stuff. Yes. Um, I lost a parent. I lost a child. I was fighting cancer. I was serving overseas. I was something horrible was happening to me. There was no joy in my life. I would put your show on, and the laughter would come back. And honestly, you guys saved my life. Yeah. And you hear that, and you go, well. Maybe I stumbled into a life of service. I Maybe. was going to
0: walk you there anyway. yeah, look, i I grew up in the church, and something that blew my mind, uh, I believe it was Rob Bell said this to me. He was like, service doesn't mean you hate it. It doesn't have to be right. Uh, we thought uh, Jim Gaffigan has a great joke. I think it's a great joke where he goes, uh, you want to do something good? And you're like, I want to feed the homeless. And they're like, great. Meet us at 6 a.m. in the park. And he's like, <laughs> right. fuck the homeless. This is when Jim was dirty. Right. Fuck the homeless. And right. I was like, that's what I thought service was. If you, It's like people that say if you're giving uh, money and it doesn't hurt, it, do, it doesn't count. Right. Exactly. I'm like, what is this alcoholic? It really is an alcoholic drunk dad Upstairs in the attic, who's going to beat us? Who, who we're never good enough. Right. It's this like perverted image. I think service, when it is in line with what you love doing anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's a beautiful symbiotic.
1: Well, natural. and now you know, over the last fifteen years or so, I, I, I started teaching about twenty years teaching acting, and I've been developing. You know, what do I do? How do I do it? How can I convey it? What? what but. In my teaching and in my directing, because that's mostly what I've been doing of late, it's all about don't serve yourself, serve your partner. Mm. Serve your partner. That's a great choice for you. That's really funny. That's a great moment for you. What does it do for the guy standing next to you? Because he's just standing there with egg now. Yes, you've got to make a great <laughs> choice, did. but you got to make a great choice that tees yes. him up so he can give you something back. And and it's become a big, big theme in in, in my awareness, anyway. Please... Speaking of things you've told before, but Michael Rosenbaum, who put us in touch,
0: yeah. I listened to you on his podcast, and I, there was only one thing that I was like, we have to talk about that. So forgive. I want to talk about teaching. I want to talk about all of those things and directing. But tell the story about when you were having panic attacks on stage in the theater. Oh, in Broadway Bound. Would you mind? Because sure. it, it, it ties into what you just said. Yeah. that yeah, self The way I got out of it. Yeah.
1: yeah it, it tears us <laughs> apart, yeah.
0: no matter what we're doing.
1: So it was my... Uh, yeah third Broadway show uh, it was a Neil Simon play it was in that Brighton Beach Memoirs trilogy it was called Broadway Bound I was in the original cast and yeah. I knew it was an important piece for me because I, I wasn't it was the first time I wasn't singing and dancing on Broadway I was being an actor and it was Neil Simon and it was a great role and um, in the it, it, the set of that thing was a two story house as if you cut a house in half and you were looking inside and uh, the second, I have a fear of heights, so it always kind of freaked me out a little bit anyway when I was sure. on the second story of the house. But one night, um, there's a scene where Linda Lavin and the gentleman playing her husband, Phil Sterling, uh, have this intense scene. But I am asleep on stage in my bed, in full view of the audience. Yeah. And you in don't half a really, bed. The bed was also. Yeah, sliced. Yeah, I've only felt like <laughs> Um And you know, you don't want to be a distraction, so you you, you lay there. You don't, don't move. You
0: don't. Right. Can I interject and sure. say, when I heard you tell this story on Mike's podcast, I was like, oh, he's going to talk
1: about the time he fell asleep. Oh no! Because of course, like you're like <laughs> really get into it. <laughs> that, that, that you're supposed
0: happened. to be <laughs> sleeping and you fall asleep. Yeah,
1: no. So and in the middle of lying up there, I, I, a thing that had never happened to me before, I got this panic panic cold sweats my body started to shake and every part of my being was going you got to get off you got to get off get off the stage get off the stage get off the stage and i just you know i'm grabbing the frame of the bed and just holding on because i have to wait out this scene and then i have to finish the act it's my scene can i ask this isn't yes this isn't just a it's not like
0: an actor's nightmare you're not like i don't know my lines i I knew the line i'm afraid of my of the audience it's not that it was
1: irrational yeah totally irrational i think this is the only explanation I have, is because I was doing a lot of C P n- at the time. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> sure,
0: I was ingesting Yes, PCP. I had snorted something before that. <laughs>
1: um, I think it's because I was completely inactive. And it, and it had gotten to a point in the run we'd been doing it for two months, three months, where I wasn't concerned about how to keep the performance alive. I kind of had it in my bones at that point. Yeah, I think I went totally out of my head and I went, Hey man, you're in a Neil Simon play on a Broadway stage, right? And it just kind of went, oh my yeah. god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. And I freaked. Yes. And it was the only place in the show where my character is completely inactive. The rest of the time, I'm spewing lines or I'm doing something. And in that pocket, it would just it gave me time to freak out. So it was so startling that all I did the next day was worry: Is that going to happen again? Is going to? And of course, it did. Worse and then worse and then wor- and I it was consuming my life because you're all day long you're going I don't know what's going on I don't know how to get rid of it I you know this is what my
0: wife and I say about anxiety is it, it's like mercury it wants somewhere to pool yeah like you have anxiety and then it wants sometimes when I'm falling asleep at night I feel my anxiety I manage my anxiety but mm-hmm. I still have it I feel it flipping through stations you bet going like is this enough you to keep you up bet is this enough to keep you up and I. I get curious about it and I go, do you like this? And it's like, yeah, (laughs) like I don't like it. Like the commander in chief doesn't like it, but anxiety itself is really just like when we're, it feeds on it. And when it finds something like, Oh fuck there's the anxiety of your dream not coming true and it goes well guess what Yeah, flipperoo there's the anxiety of your dream coming true and you're yeah. like you son of a bitch I thought yeah. this would put you in the ground you turn into JFK I don't know why <laughs> and now you're now it found a place to pool and you're worried about worrying it's
1: consuming my life and now you can't even and now that. so now I'm playing mind games in it. I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm lying there on that bed freaking out and going okay what I thought was going to happen is I thought I was going to pass out And, and like, you know, undoubtedly soil myself as I go, you know, so it was going to be some humiliating, horrible, and I kept going, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, fucking pass out, go ahead, ruin your life, ruin your career, you know, and that's what, that's the mind games I'm playing. And I was so shaken and humiliated that this was happening that I wasn't telling much of anybody, I told my wife. Yeah. But I didn't know who else to talk to. I talked to a therapist who said, you know what? Take a baby antihistamine before you go on or something like that. Oh, something from the Benadryl so, you know, people, Yeah, right. right. Thank so you. I was, you. know, I was playing with that, but it's that like wasn't like asking an old man, take a bite of a nectarine and yeah. a sipilisterine. <laughs> Chris Rock says, Robitussin. <laughs> yeah, like um, a little Robitussin will take you out. Anyway, it had, been, it had gone on for a month, over a month. And, and so eight every shows day. a week. Every, every show. And not I'm telling the cast, you couldn't I, tell I told the cast? And I really, and now I'm starting to say to myself, I think I, I'm going to have to not be an actor. I mean, I can't live like this. This is this is going to. So my acting guru was a guy named Larry Moss, who's still one of the greatest teachers of acting. He's still in New York, and and he's became a dear friend. And and I finally go, I'll talk to Larry because Larry will have something profound to say, and you know so i go to larry and i said larry it's a i'm having these anxiety attacks i think i'm gonna pass out cold sweats and i've tried this i've tried that i I don't know what to do i'm so embarrassed i'm so humiliated by it and i'm worried it's gonna derail my career and and, you know i pour my heart out thinking i'm gonna get some sympathetic response yeah and he doesn't take a beat and he goes you're a fucking egomaniac (laughs) and it just hit me like a brick and i went what Because it's all about you. You made it all about you. You're going to pass out. You're going to ruin the show. You're going to ruin the audience. You're going to ruin the thing. You, 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 you. Nobody gives a shit about you, Jason. You know what they're there for? (laughs) They want to see the story. Tell them the goddamn story. Wow. And it was the coldest... I mean, it really just rattled me. How it did? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm it's, like, it's rattling as we tell it. And I didn't Larry. like you talking to me I'm that just, way. And I and I was pissed. I think, yes. and you know, and I went on stage that night, and it didn't happen. He,
0: I mean, what do you think that
1: is? And it it's didn't like happen the next night, and it didn't happen the next night. Or something. And he just went. You. It's you're making it all about you. Yeah. You. Now, yes, it was me ruining someone else's show, ruining someone else's experience, but it was all about what's going to happen to me yeah. or what is happening to me. You know, he didn't say this, but it was almost like saying, why don't you lie there and think about what's something you can offer Jonathan Silverman, your scene partner, in the next moment? Why don't you focus on that? that That's the kind of thing he was saying without saying it. And he meant it to be harsh, and he meant it to be brutal. He meant it to be shock therapy. Yeah. And it... And it absolutely was i mean that was the that was the linchpin that's ended it
0: and we're back to a little bit of what your mom said service yeah. like service. thinking about someone else would you i mean that seems like that's a key to fuck happiness just like a good life like finding your place in the world
1: is considering others a little bit yeah um you know it's uh, This is going to sound so pat on the back. but Are you crazy? Somebody you're on. You made it weird, my friend. (laughs) Somebody once asked me, because I lost, uh, I don't know how many Emmy Awards. You know, I was up for it. Yeah. And they said... uh, Who'd you lose to? Let's give them a big... I think three times. I I actually think I know, because I think the first three times, it was um, David Hyde Pierce on Frasier. Okay. And the other three times, I think it was Michael Richards wow right, so there you go the you um, know yeah and niles <laughs> <laughs> so as somebody said to me um are you do you hate that are you bitter about that do you do you have feelings about it yeah and i said you know look it would be nice it would have been a lovely thing there's nothing wrong with getting it but i said i didn't grow up fantasizing about awards i really didn't yeah. Um, if any of them it was the Tony Award because that's where I thought I was going right. to and I won the Tony Award and I, it was great and I'm so proud to have it but I also know it didn't change my life you yeah. know it was a nice night yeah. and it's a nice thing to see on your resume yeah. But it didn't make me a better actor, it didn't make me a better person, didn't also, make me a better anything. Who's asking for the resume? Right, exactly. Well, you'd be surprised. Sorry, <laughs> Jason uh, a- yeah. Alex w- yes. Alexander yes. Is he the one that married Britney Spears? Ah! Um, my brother, who's a
0: super fan, he said, This is a perfect impression. Of my brother he goes, Ask him if he ever gets
1: confused for oh, the guy who married Britney Spears. You bet, all the time. Really? Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: I was yeah. like, I don't think that happens.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, and it, it does. I mean, not on the street. People don't yeah. come up and go, "You married Britney Spears," <laughs> but in in print, they'll all, often go, oh, "Wow, the guy from Seinfeld? Um crazy." But anyway, you know. So I, you've lost when I did So they said, "Do you do you hate not getting those awards?" And I said, "You know, the award, honestly, was the job. Yep. the people who I worked with, the material I got to do, the the." The good word of my colleagues, other opportunities, those are the awards. Yeah, The statue, I- I'll give you every statue in the world. You give me all that other stuff? That's right. I'll be happy to try it. So, um, and all those things are, again, they're, they are about the community. Um, I think the reason I like theater so much is that you spend so much time communally working on one can i just enthusiastically agree yeah because
0: i just did a multi-cam i've never done theater other than like you know college and whatnot but like we were 300 people on a stage pointed in the same direction and there's something about these pack animals that we are that love going showing up and everyone agrees this is what we're doing yep and if it's good imagine if what you're doing is good yeah and you're all doing it together, and you're having fun while you're doing it. That's like what we it's were designed best. to do. Absolutely. And it's about the number. Uh, I'm reading the book Tribe. It's taking me forever, even though it's a small book. Uh, and the book Selfie. There's all these books that are talking about us as primates and what we mm-hmm. what we need. And it's always striking to me how how closely it resembles summer camp theater. Mm-hmm uh all that sort of stuff yeah like like sure. we want to band together like avatar i always say like avatar yeah we want to be in a tribe hunting Absolutely. feeding each other taking care of each other challenging each other challenging each, each other, other. exactly yeah. not running from each other not accusing each other shooting arrows from a distance yeah. like together together yeah. Yeah. so you got to feel that and and very and much enjoyed so. it yeah the, the service thing I'm going to pop my liquid death Do it All Put right. the mic right up oh, Very good Oh look at that Very And no sizzle You think there's going to be a sizzle But it's just 16.9 ounces of gin
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well it's got a fine A fine fine bouquet, it you is. know? I'm actually a <laughs> bit... now of... I'm worried about spilling. I'm going to put it over here. Jay, take a look at this couch, buddy. Oh, well, that's true. It... <laughs> yeah, that's true. God knows what bodily fluids are on this thing but i mean swimming in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: da- uh, Jimmy Carr just did this podcast, and he told me about David Lee Roth. Uh, do you know this? David Lee Roth had a mansion, you know... Am I getting this right, David Lee Roth? Van Halen? Is that Van Halen? Yeah, huh and he, uh, he called his mansion a tomb with a view, right? So we're coming back to you teaching uh-huh. and, and, and service and, and, and finding ways to be in a pack pointed in the same direction now at this point. He, he trained to be an EMT so he could be of service, uh-huh. like your mother. So I'm wondering if that's what teaching is
1: for you. I have to imagine it's a similar sort of, it is absolutely a service I, I, I would be lying if I didn't tell you it's one of the most selfish things I've ever done because the joy there, there's a certain there's many joys but the two big ones are that feeling you get when you're in class and the teacher asks you a question and you know the answer yeah that happens all the time because I go people will come up and they have a problem and I go I have an answer not the answer. I have an answer. You it have may, your it answer. It may yeah. it may help you. Yeah. So there's that joy of going. Oh my God! Look, I I studied for the test and I actually learned something. So there's that. Yes. But there's also that moment, and it's it's thrilling. And I guess this is part of you know, um, being a dad. There's a joy when your kid, a does something great and learns a thing, and you go, ooh, whoa! And then they learn something you didn't know or you can't do yeah. and that's what happens with students is they are often working on a piece of material that that I go I can help you I couldn't do it yeah but I can stand out here and help you and then they do this thing and they do they they accomplish something that you go I would not have made that choice and it's a great choice or I I couldn't have done that moment you and they the did that moment and coach. you get yeah. it's it's well, look, uh, I stand resolutely on the shoulders of many, many, many giants that came before me. Sure, to help somebody up on your shoulder—that's a cool, cool feeling. Yeah, to go great. Yes, go pat, go, go, leave me in the dust. Um, that's fine.
0: And you know, I, I just don't want to be too obvious, but it's like. But I do think people are interested in the, in the idea that you don't need it. What I'm realizing is like so much joy is hidden in things that you don't need to do. Like people think that once your train comes in, and you've got enough grain for many winters <laughs> that you should just sit around. But tell a me a very that, good Hepburn, by the way. <laughs> you got enough grain for many winters. <laughs> but tell me what gives – I mean, obviously that's one of it. Like how are you filling your life with meaning – Teaching is part of it. But it's not just sitting around and going like, I could get a jet ski, right? It's, it's like that no. runs out, right? Tell, no, because that's tell not the, of service. That's that's what, fun, and you want to take those breaks. But. You and I know, but tell the people, because I think there's a lot of people going like, if I was Jason Alexander... Oh, I'd, I'd kick it back, and I would just yes. run the... or I'd burn yeah. a bag of money in front of my foes, right. or whatever yeah. it is,
1: but like... First it, of all, I've never lost... Law- you know, listen, I grew up solidly a kid of working-class parents. Yep. Um, you know, we were fine, but I I didn't realize how close to not fine we were on any given day. I mean, my dad, by the time I was born, my father was a widower. Sorry, that's a good title, close to not fine. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a picture of you that's and my your family, story. close to not fine, Jason Alexander. <laughs> my my dad was a widower. His wife, uh, his first wife, took several years to die of a horrible disease. It bankrupted him, and then he had two teenage kids from that marriage. My sister was always a sickly kid, always had, you know, so my Mm. dad was so in debt by the time he married my mother. And then I was born, my mother was 39 years old when I was born, never been married, never had a kid. Mm. 40 year old women in 1958
0: did not get pregnant. My mom was around (laughs) that age in the seventies. And she's like, it's a miracle. They were giving her blood that could have been contaminated. All of this stuff went wrong right i should be nicer to my mom <laughs> I you, you, we have it on camera me realizing i should be
1: nicer to Irina. mental note no me, note to me
0: but she's uh, like yeah that yeah. wasn't happening right but even and i come so. along
1: my father's 51 years old and he goes i'll, I'll never stop working i have to work now until the day i die i mean it was yeah. i was you know yeah why did i start telling you that so working class working class kids because we um, are talking about how money isn't everything yeah but here's and it. and as an actor you never know when your next job is coming. So even though I always made a nice living, I started working professionally when I was 14. I came out of college prematurely, and I never did anything but act again. I was, I was always making a good living in my profession. Because you got... You had I was doing commercials, and I was doing... that got
0: spotted by yeah, somebody right, that, right, yes. early on. Let and, me tell your story.
1: Yes, please. <laughs> well... Um, but I never bought anything. I couldn't just pay for it. Yeah. nothing if i bought a uh, i bought a motorcycle in new york it's ten thousand dollars ten thousand yeah. dollars i mean if i couldn't buy it because i wasn't sure there was going to be any more money coming in yes i kind of still feel that yeah. way so uh, you know <laughs> we go hilarious. yeah we have we have money but i also i'm not i spend money i mean we we but we I know you we greased own, me on the way one in like house. a hostess. I don't know Maybe, what, right, what that right. was about. It's completely I own, unnecessary. I own my house and I own my mother-in-law's house. That's our property. Do you ever we threaten don't... her to burn it down? You're like, this oh, is it's my beyond house. threats. I've burned sections of the house. <laughs> that bitch is late with rent. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I start, start with the pets and then we just work. With... <laughs> <laughs> but it's beyond threats. Yeah. But we I I mean we don't have we have I drive a Prius. Uh yes. we don't collect art. My wife's a painter. We don't collect art. We put my wife's work on Yeah. She doesn't like jewelry. She doesn't so we don't we don't spend on luxury things. Where we have spent our money is on our kids' education, and that includes taking them to places around the world so they can see other people and other yeah. worlds, yeah. you know. Uh, and taking friends with us, buying time with people that we care about, and going. Let's go have an adventure. Yeah. You know, that you that might be hard for you, but isn't hard for us. So let's can go I? do that. Look, just a little bit of love coming your way. Come it just on. does me so. Oh, nice. I thought you were going to say, "Can
0: you be my friend?" <laughs> yes. yes, you can be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'd love to go on an adventure. <laughs> no, I was just going to say it. Just it just fills my heart up to hear you say this no, instead thanks. of being like, "Buddy, I don't want to say," but I, I've I've just had people on this couch that.
1: Hadn't figured it out yet. We're, we're waiting oh, no, for it. You're hearing 20 f- years of therapy here. Yeah. I mean, okay. You know, I mean, it you took know. you a while to figure that out. Yeah. P- please. Okay. Where the, the, else did you look before you found this balance? Uh, oh, please. You know, I, I put way too much emphasis on work. Yeah. Um, what people thought of you? Oh, well, that, or just I, whether or not you were working. The, that is, yeah. What, you know, how am I seen? Do I have power? Do I have control? Do I have, uh, you know, I know better, uh, If we have did it my way, you know, it's all that stuff, the ego, the ego has to learn, I had, you know, I, I didn't realize that I had crap as a kid, I thought I was a pretty happy kid, but I, turns out I was a pretty intimidated, shy, overwhelmed, disproportionately scared mm. kid, who overcompensated with all kinds of awful, silly behaviors, and and it carried in, in you know, until I was in my twenties and thirties. Until I finally went, you know, I'm a father, and I'm having these weird feelings and ideas and things that are the the things you were talking about the the, the rolodex of things you, up at night going. Yeah, you want to think about that for a while. You want to yeah. think about that for a while. Yeah, and f- you know, finally went into therapy and started to work on what were thing. those
0: things? I, I'm not. This isn't clickbait. You have full control over this. this no, is your they're episode. just. I, I mean,
1: I'm curious. You, you know, the easy ones are things where. I will have said things in interviews that I thought I was just being entertaining. Mm. And I was never a comic. I didn't even go into acting thinking I was going to be a comedic actor. Mm. And suddenly that's the world I'm in. And in trying to be funny, and I don't, I don't, I, I guess I, now I kind of go, well, I guess I have a sense of humor. But I never thought of myself as a funny guy. And so in emulating, comedy and trying to be interesting and trying to be entertaining and trying to be amusing i would say things that you know weren't kind yeah. and weren't right and 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 uh, you know um you see that all the time by the way and augmenting things that are partially true but then you, you for entertainment you blow them up yes. and now they're out there as truth and you go oh that's not quite how it happened yeah. and you're and you're stuck with that story and just stuff like that and hurting people's feelings yeah. making bad choices saying i'm gonna be something not being it saying i'm gonna do something not doing it the thin line between i run into it
0: all the time mm. i did it I, on set Today I'm, I'm I'm stopping myself because I'm 43. I'm finally learning to stop myself. But there's a thin line, the the rush of going maybe a little too far, but it works and they love it and you love it and yeah. everyone wins. Now you're addicted to those moments and then inevitably you're going to say a little too far, a little too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you just don't know
1: how to call and it. And it was all about, you know, trying to be some avatar that I thought was interesting mm. and, you know, or worthy. Worthy is really more the the issue. Because I always felt like I shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, You know, people should... One of the... I I guess a lot of actors go into acting because they love the spotlight. I was hiding in plain sight. Yeah. I didn't love being in my skin. I didn't... I wasn't fond of myself. Mm. So I would say things to give a different impression or I would play a part. It was a break. So yeah, so I could. So I'm not that guy. I'm this guy, and it was all in this sort of very immature, um, young, immature attempt to find your own value, to mm-hmm. be okay in your own skin. Mm. And I didn't start to get there until I was late into my forties. I think I'm 62 now, yeah. so I haven't. I haven't been. Yeah. <laughs> you know anywhere close to being oh you're okay. This is a relatively new you know thing and it, it it's it's a lot of experience and a lot of putting real time and attention not not egotistical time and attention into yourself but real time, you know, going to a therapist and, and, and being honest and and going that was a terrible thing mistake, finding a way to get past it and going okay that happened for a reason. I'm here now. Yeah. And, and now I know what, what calls people to that. And one of, the, one of the lovely gifts it gives is that I have younger friends hmm. who are going through exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I can say to somebody who's going through a tough patch, you don't think much of yourself right now. You're in one of the top 5% of people in the world. You know why? Because you give a shit and you're looking at it and it's scary and it's dark and you don't like what you see in the mirror and you're still looking in the mirror and you're still working on it. That makes you better than most people, not worse. Wow. It takes, it takes guts and character and it takes caring about other people to keep looking in the mirror and not seeing what you like and go, I have to work on this. Wow. I have to work on this. So, you know, that you is,
0: there. we say all the time, would you note know that? Oh, obviously that was just so beautiful. Um, We we say all the time, what use am I to people not broken? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like how? That's great. Not even as an entertainer, just as a human being. Right. Like I have a daughter; she's not yet at the age where she can ask things. But like when if you were to ask me something, I would go, "I know, I just did it." You were like, "Oh, I go over the line or I exaggerate this," and I'm like, "Buddy." I can't tell you, right. and especially the comedian persona, you think we're like, hey, what's up, uh, look at that, and you think we go, we're smoking a cigarette with the martini. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. We go in the bathroom and we go,
1: <sighs> oh, my God, what did I do? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, right, sure. And the most harsh ones I know, the, the ones that would be like, look at this piece of shit, they're the most sensitive. I could tell stories, but I don't want to tell tales yeah, out yeah, of school. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But like... The the biggest people that are like think they don't give a fuck they're they're going backstage totally going like I got
1: three people in my head right yeah, now just
0: as you say it. right absolutely and but I love what you said it's like that you weren't getting into acting because you wanted to razzle dazzle and, and shine no. you wanted to get away I also yeah. loved what you said because it took me a long time to figure out. I say on this pod all the time, your shit is your shit. Meaning, maybe you had a middle class, or in my case, I had an upper middle class upbringing. I have my parents, mm-hmm. as Father Greg uh, Boyle would say, I won so many lotteries. I was educated. I was fed. Right. I was housed. I was whatever it might be, right? Nate, right? Zip code lottery, he calls it. Right. But still, a good therapist will help you uncover. Like, it doesn't mean anyone failed or or was no. wrong or bad. It just Comes with driving a car. Tread on the tire; it's going to wear off. Something's going to stick. Yeah, w- and you ha- you had to come to terms with your shit was your shit. Like even though you weren't, yeah, this this or this, so- things happen yeah. that you had to and deal it's
1: with. St- listen, I don't want to present a done package. I mean, I I still go. Yeah, I go every. I go several times a month. Um, I've been working with this wonderful woman for <laughs> twenty years. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's still, you, you it, it's, I, I, I say this when I'm knocking on whatever the hell this is. It's got, I, this it's I made I'm, by TBS, so I'm sure it's Pressway. <laughs> it's <laughs> So I, I, I think I can see myself before I act out of my neuroses. Mm. But that doesn't mean the thought patterns are still there, you know, and you, you still have to go... Is that real? What I'm feeling and thinking right now, or is that you a like leftover? Yes. Is that is that a trained behavior? Is that a uh, it's still? I still walk into a room to this day. I can't remember. I'm going to name drop. I think it was, I think it was Marty Short because I was doing the producers. With I was going think
0: about. I was thinking about him when you said I didn't dream of winning a Tony, or I did. Right, dream. Right, right. I was like yeah. you and Martin Short. I right, almost said exactly. That. Yes,
1: I think I, I think it's when I was working with Marty and he must have referenced a couple of people and I go, oh yeah, I don't think that person likes me very much or, and I don't, yeah, I don't think they like me. And I must have said it again and he went, you know, you have a problem. <laughs> you know you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Said, you, you really think people don't like you? And I go, that's true. Wow. That's true. Yeah. Now, clearly it's because I wasn't, very crazy about myself. So I'm projecting out and and very possibly in projecting out like that, doing things again that I don't like or admire and going, Well that's why they. To don't reinforce like me. it. Of course. To prove yourself a prophet. You've just nailed
0: something. I in the book Selfie, they're talking about how we build reality. Like it's sort of disturbing. I don't find it disturbing, but it's like, there's no free will. A lot of scientists say there's no free will. And what we're doing is we're doing what we do. And then our brain retroactively goes, I did that because of this, right? Mm, we build these right, stories, right. but it's very dangerous. If you are your story, literally scientifically, neurologically, be very careful what story you're telling. Cause if you're oh, saying sure. people don't like me, buddy, you're in good company. Val, my wife points out, she's like, You'll test people. You'll go like, I don't think they like me. And then you'll go like, what's up, dumb fuck or whatever it is. And I'm literally the example I always give, but it's true. I was like, oh, my God, your baby's so fat. Like I talked about how fat someone's baby was to test them to see. Will you love me even if I'm a rascal or whatever it is? But it's because I'm going, I'm too much of a rascal. Let's just
1: cut to it. Let's cut to the abandonment now. Right? Here's Now, tell me if you ever did this. (laughs) <laughs> so I used to go to a party when I was a you know, young teenager. And I would sort of put myself off on the side and be obviously kind of dark cloud to see if anyone would notice or care enough to come over. I mean, yeah, let's go
0: for a ride. Let's smoke cigarettes with sunglasses on at night because that's me. I would, Of course I would do that. In fact, I wonder if you feel this. There was something... Obviously, it's dramatic, but it almost feels theatrical. It's like I'm going to put on this silent show sure, yeah. to see if I can draw a crowd, yeah. and I still love it. it. What we're doing right now reminds me of performance. It's like I go like, "You ever do this?" <laughs> and, that, and isn't that what we're doing with the audience? Of like, course. like uh, one one Costanza. Like my dad. I see him being sometimes at odds with who he is because he relates to George. Hmm. But then I see him, see me see him relating to George and he's like, ah, that's that's sad or something. I'm like, bullshit, man. We all relate to that. We're all... And by the way, I get it. He's he's trying to be my dad, even yeah, though he's sure. he's almost eighty. Yeah. And I'm like, I've i said to him point blank, I'm like, Dad, the parenting is over. <laughs> right. Let's just be guys. But he still, and yeah. I admire it on in a certain level that he still wants me to think that he doesn't have neuroses. And I'm like, we're all George. We're we're all. Tony Soprano, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're all uh, Don Draper, these depraved or, yeah. or in need or broken people. Absolutely. And, and would you talk a little bit that that's the job is to share. I'm going to plant one thought in your head and see what, what it makes you think of. You're under the lights. You, you're louder than everybody. Yeah. You're on stage. And yet you use this opportunity in a, again, as a primate, an alpha position. I'm loud. I'm above you. I I have the vantage point, and yet I'm going to use this vantage point to tell you about my insecurities, my vulnerabilities, and my fears. That's, in my opinion, good art. It sucks if you get up and you'd be like, I'm the king, I'm the best, unless it's a parody or something. Yeah. What does that make you think?
1: Well, you're absolutely right. It, it's also... Here's where my sense of humor... Because I also grew up in New Jersey, and so part of my idea of what funny is is busting people's balls. Everybody in Jersey wants to be Joe Pesci, you know? Of course. They think that's the epitome of comedy. Yes. With it With Tomei! And and, Tome. <laughs> and and what I've tried to learn over the years is it's okay on me, but it's not my best card, you know? Because it's it's not the one that I... It's not the one I feel. It's the one I've observed a lot and, and I know I can create a persona that it sits well on. But, but then I go... Ugh. But... So I used to do I agree so hard.
0: That's all I want right? say. I agree so I grew up in Boston. It's not in Jersey. Nope. So I went to school in Boston. Boston in the 80s. You bet. And I was walking around and I love Lenny Clark. I- I've met him a few times. I would see guys like Lenny and I was like making my father laugh. And I was like, I can't do that. Right. I can't do that. Right. The way that they'd be like, ah blah 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 blah. I don't even want to do it fake to you. Right. I love roasts because we all go in agreeing sure. that we're gonna do it. But just like to the no, audience it's, or it's, whatever. Yeah. It's not my cup of tea and it's rough. I literally made me think comedy wasn't for me until I started being like Am I the only one when I uh, pee in the woods and I share some fear? <laughs> right like I think a bug is going to swim up the pee and go, and and people start laughing, and you're like, like uh, you know, a, a, the more neurotic, absolutely, more vulnerable, letting people in, yeah. letting, letting people, people in. in. Yeah,
1: you get laughs because you tell them like you let people in. Well, I that's what that's what George was all about. Here's exactly. my here's my foibles. Here's my trans- that's what that's what Larry is so good and Jerry. They're so good at creating a character that goes yes. I'm the lord of the idiots. The, I mean, yes, that was Costanza's right. big cry. I am the lord of the idiots. That's right. No one's stupider than me. No one's less valuable than me. And when I read
0: uh, sign language and I saw that, that was my first intro to, to Jerry. I was just yeah. reading the material and yeah. I was like, obviously no disrespect to him. I was like, I have thoughts like this. Yeah. And he says in the intro, the difference between me and you is I write it down. <laughs> right. And I was like, I can write it down. I'm 15. I'm literally doing nothing. <laughs> like right. I, I have nothing going on. I can so write down smart. my little thoughts. Yeah. So one of them, just to share, was whenever I would go to the movies when I was a kid and the lights started to dim, I would be afraid that I was dying. Just for a second. I'd be like, is the movie beginning or is it all ending?
1: That sounds like a... I
0: kind of turned it into a Seinfeld bed. Is, no, it, about I, I'm only laughing is I, it
1: about to I'm only laughing because sometimes there's very subtle lighting changes in restaurants. Where I guess they go from late afternoon to the evening service. Sure. And I, that's when I'm sitting there, and I'll turn to the person next to me going, are the lights dimming, or am I having a stroke? <laughs> because maybe this I'm having a This is a stroke. crazy moment. Right, yeah. I'm telling you one of
0: my go-to lights dim, <laughs> right. am I stroking, am I dying, yeah. and you do it?
1: Is this it? Is this it? It's, it's a very specific time, and it only happens, you know, how many restaurants do that while well, they have people sitting there. but
0: Hilarious. Yeah, that feeling. Imagine how we would have been in candle times. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a please, breeze and we're please. panicked. <laughs> a breeze and we're panicked. So I'm sorry, you were you were just saying the ball-breaking jersey thing couldn't relate
1: more. No, and I was relating it wasn't back for to, you. I, I I have had to come to most of my therapy, most of my journey of trying to figure out how this works is starting from a point where I'm not exactly sure what happened. I mean, I can point to certain things in my childhood where I went, that was traumatic, that was traumatic, and that's traumatic. But I had a great childhood. I really did. Mm. But somehow I have to figure out how to go from a kid who is disproportionately frightened of everything, including big D death, you know, dying, Um. Not, point, not good enough? Not interesting enough? I'm sorry. That's it's, what I mean. That's, my, that's another five years of therapy right there. Oh, my God. <laughs> do not disturb on, Jason. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I've had airplane mode do not disturb, and it rings in the theater, and I want to kill myself because I feel like Patty Lapone is everywhere, and she's going to you know, tear my eyes <laughs> out. Tell
0: me if this isn't a curb or a, or a George. I was in, on Broadway recently. We went and saw uh, Billy Crystal's uh, show, Saturday Night, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Saturday Night. I realize I have a tile. You know those tiles that help you find oh, your keys, yeah. and I'm wearing uh, tight pants, and it's going, Wit-a-wit. and I'm what? like, don't, don't move, because it goes, B-da-da-da. and then my phone's gonna go, and then Billy Crystal's gonna go. Is that Ike Barinholtz? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But is he, I'm gonna. You can't wow. turn it off.
1: No, I don't know from the tile, but I I do the, know from everything else. Look, but, I don't know from tile, but
0: <laughs> yes, keep going. I'm so yeah. sorry, but we're uh, we're we're agreeing. But it's we're all loving. it's all
1: been about you know going from that that scared. Um, I I don't I I don't want to be seen. To I want to be seen a certain way, and that's a bullshit thing. Yeah. To to going, you know what I said to my therapist when I, you know, we've been going to therapy. But I, I turned sixty a couple of years ago, and I said we should step it up a little bit. Why? I said, well, I think this is Act Three. I think the curtain's going up on Act Three, and I don't know that I've ever authentically be who been who I am. I'm not sure I know what it is. Yeah, and I I'd like to check out going. All right, I figured it out. I know not a perfect person i'm not always going to do the right thing but i know who i truly am yes and i can sit with that i can be in the room with that and i can go that's okay if we can get to that before i check out that would be nice Well, that's what you want that's what you want you
0: want to accept yourself
1: uh, yeah like and it involves changing behaviors and changing thought patterns and you know working on relationships and you know it's it's a lot of it, if you're gonna do it, you gotta you gotta put some time into it, and it's. Listen, it's also it's a luxury to be able to do it. I'm you know I'm not sitting here going, oh my god, where's my next meal? How am I gonna pay my mortgage? Sure. If if that's your you know a big concern, you you don't have time for this stuff. Yeah, you buy but, your house, uh, motorcycle style. You, you buy, you betcha, baby. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a fascinating. But
0: it's a brave and it's a it's a noble thing to go like again. It's what you said. I'm not going to look away. I see things I don't like, buddy. You're saying something that is right beneath the surface. I would say, at least for me. But I I, I would posit of everybody, it's right under the surface. Going like, am I being authentic. Mm-hmm. I do this uh, I bit on stage. I go, round of applause who here would just break out crying if your dad looked you in the eye and said I'm so sorry. Like and and I just think it's an absurd thing to say but it's also funny. And I'm doing a show <laughs> Bill Burr's on the show and there's these kind of like clearly Bill Burr fans uh-huh. in the front. They're muscly. they're not enjoying. They're enjoying right. me, but yeah. they're waiting for Bill Yeah, Burr. waiting for Bill. I'm like, all right, waiting for Bill, and I go, "What about you? Why are you laughing? I'm doing what you said." Uh-huh. I'm like, fuck you! <laughs> like, no, but I'm like, "What's wrong? Why didn't you laugh? Like, where are you?" And he's like, "I go. You think you have a good relationship with your father?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I go, "You haven't dug deep enough." That's that's what I said, meaning, and my wife died. They didn't laugh. My fans laughed, but but there's something about going deep. Like, oh, this is what I said. I go do you have a good relationship with your father? This is a good question. Uh Or are you still just really good at playing the part they assigned to you? Do you relent? Do you take the sides at Thanksgiving, go back in time to who they programmed you to be and go, yes, papa, or whatever it is? That's
1: really an interesting... You know
0: what I mean? Do you have a good relationship with the real you? Or does that not even occur to you? that that that's possible that you just go like all right it's time to be pete in 1994 yeah. right
1: yeah absolutely
0: these are the hard questions but i see you doing that this started as a compliment for you you're doing what you said to do which is to look
1: in the mirror and not look away you try you try, you try. yeah uh, you know it's it's an ongoing thing you know who's really good um he's on my instagram feed uh, <laughs> do you know do you know sad yes sad I love this guy. He's a friend. I'm just kidding. I love he's a yeah. guy. Wouldn't it be great if, I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, when I'm listening Sad, to him, I'm like, you call him Sad. He's Stevie, I, uh, old Stevie Sonny. Guru. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Stevie Guru.
1: I didn't know you were into that uh, sort of stuff. Oh Sad my Guru God, is great. He, he somehow the algorithm delivered him to me. Wow. And I started watching his reels, and then I, you know, I I probably catch two or three of his little snippet things every day. And I go, this guy, he's yeah. figured a lot of shit out. Yes. He's got a really Cool, simple way yep. of looking at stuff. Yep, I love the one. I'll share this one. It's my favorite one. That he goes, uh, "I'll do my, my, I'll do my meditation." You yep. wake up in the morning. Is it? Yes. And, That's it. Uh, yes or no. Yes, yes or, or no? no. Yes or no. You wake up in the morning and um, you immediately think, "Oh, what you didn't do yesterday? What you have to do today? What you're not looking forward to? Oh, the mistake you made? Oh, you have to did." he says, "You know what I do when I wake up every day? I smile because a million I smile. people did not wake up today." Wow. A million people did not wake up this morning. You did. Wow! You saw the light of this day. Is that not worth a smile? Wow. You do this every day. It'll change your life. And I heard that tape four months ago, five months ago. I wake up every morning now. Yeah. And I go, hey, I made it. I got another one.
0: It does Jay. make a difference. Okay, I'm going to give you one that I think is going to blow your mind. Okay. Very similar to Sadhguru. I add to that, I, I, in the morning, the first thing I, I try, every morning, the first thing I try to say is, yes, thank you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I go, yes, thank you. You have to get up. I know you do this. Got to get up for press or some crazy flight. Uh-huh. It's dark. Your wife's still asleep. Yes, thank you. It's it's absurd. I talk about it a lot. Yep. Your brain has no idea what to do. It's right. so ready to go into that groove of like she gets to sleep. Um get back in a back in the dark. Yes. Thank you. There's a, there's another bit I do where I go, don't you kind of love it? And I go, everything? You know when you can't find your keys and you're like, where are my fucking keys? And you're like, don't you kind of love it? Isn't there <laughs> something in you? Because when you were a kid, you played like, where are my keys? Right, right, and when right. I'm looking for my keys, I go, I'm a fucking grown-up. And and that's that sort of yes, thank you to all of it. To stress, to traffic, <laughs> to missing a flight. It's a great life hack. But this is the wow. one I'm going to give you. Yeah. This is from a monk. I just I saw him on YouTube. And a little shout out to the fact that I know social media, all this uh, you know, flashing stuff coming mm-hmm. at us. But there are these there little are nice oases. Yeah. There are little oases. Just learn the plural of oasis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's an oasis Beatles joke. Anyway, um, this guy says, when you go to bed at night, I've been doing this. He goes, we call it uh, go to bed in a sea of merit. Meaning, replay all the things you did well that day. Don't think about what you have to do tomorrow. Don't think about what you did wrong. Just go like I drove you drove to my house to do this podcast. That's a that's a gift. You gave a gift. You were present. You gave wisdom freely Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. what i'm saying is it doesn't have to be like i saved a cat out of a tree it can just be i was kind i was funny i was present i i was attentive to my my kids bad
1: driver in at the intersection even though they were (laughs) clearly wrong that's right
0: (laughs) i and what's funny is it helps you fall asleep immediately wow it's incredible that's very good because your brain is is trying to flip the channels but if you bore it with what you're good about it goes, fuck this guy. That's really and it goes right good. to bed. And you wake up and you feel better. You, you feel better. It's absolutely changed my life.
1: You want the one I started with today? Hit it. Because I only I heard I it like, last night. I thought it was so brilliant. What a sad guru again. I was like, no thanks. He goes, <laughs> you will never do anything with willpower. You want to lose weight. You want to make a change a habit. You want to do this. You will never get anywhere with willpower because willpower is, I don't want to do it, but I will do it anyway. <clears throat> he said, you'll never get there. You must do it with being blessed. Wow! So, like uh, four weeks ago, I, I went off wheat and uh, sugar. No more wheat. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's like I just it's willpower. Wheat you start to you, you, you know. And his whole thing is, yeah. If you look at it as I'm I'm fighting that fight, the fights are tiring, but if you go i am blessed with energy i didn't have i am blessed with i'm tasting things i didn't taste i am blessed with my eyes look i am yeah. blessed with this i'm blessed with the, and you go oh so yeah if i'm blessed to do he goes it's just it, it's the, it, what's great about these people is that they are able to make it almost like a noom program they go yeah Here, here's a thought for the day yeah this is that thing in action real real practical and yeah. it's and you go oh that's so smart that's and it really sounds smart. like a di- something as an actor a
0: director would say to you it's like george you're doing it sorry jason you're doing it i was picturing them directing yeah, you sure, as george I,
1: understand. I didn't think
0: you were george <laughs> um I, I see you're doing it like it's a what if you did it this way right. it's it's like a shift right. same scene different intention absolutely i right. will join you i really feel like we're vibing on a lot of the All same right, frequencies right. <laughs> And I just died. What did he say right before he died? Um, he said we were on the same. frequency.
1: <laughs> get the no physical. What if that's the funniest thing to say before you die?
0: You're like, <laughs> I feel like you and I are on the exact You're same right. path dead um, no i forget what it was i i'm one of those people that had my nutritional life changed by a series of netflix documentaries and this is something you should overhear at like cafe gratitude or right, something of but,
1: but here by i, the am way, I saying, have to interrupt every one second my, my writing partner my podcast I'm gonna we'll talk about my podcast yeah. my, my podcast partner peter tilden i took him to cafe gratitude yes he actually yells that's where everything is named uh, i am grateful yes. i am serene yes. I am, he yells out I've been waiting 15 minutes for my I am patient. <laughs> 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 it's fantastic. Truly
0: fantastic. Finish your thought. You on large one? You go to large uh, Larchmont? La- are there I, others? I didn't even know. Is it a chain? Several, but I go, it's a chain. Oh, for it's a God chain. I'm going to Larchmont there. all the time. Never seen you there. I, I saw Moby that's, there. That's
1: my, that, I was there for lunch today. Can I my tell gratitude. you? Gratitude. I was a great white. Okay. On in Larchmont. On Larchmont well the 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 this right, is I've now the, told every fucking
0: paparazzi <laughs> <laughs> this is for no one but the cafe gratitude on Larchmont is one of the best restaurants ever and you can go sunday 11 a.m no problem no problem <laughs> no problem i don't know why i'm there constantly yeah no it's problem. one of my wife's favorite restaurants it's i think it's my favorite yeah. restaurant i mean so like you've an everyday full, restaurant you're, you're vegan I'm a bad vegan. Uh-huh. I wish there were more bad vegans right. because it shouldn't be a zero sum thing. Right. But I'm mostly vegan. Yeah. Going to Crossroads tonight. No? You ever go to yeah. Crossroads? Yeah, sure. My wife loves it. My wife is vegish. Vegish, yeah. Vegish. There right. should be more vegish. Yeah. More vegish. Yeah. Because it's a daunting thing to go full. I'm probably on my way there to being vegish.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you talk about the, the face and the taste and the, all that yes. stuff.
1: and you know, And the, the belly could go down a little more. I think I've been holding off my doctor's visit for a year and a half because he always he yells at me.
0: Buddy. He just goes,
1: What do I have to do? What do I have to do? Hilarious. It's always you gotta knock off twenty pounds. I go, Really? Is it still just twenty? I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> you plus twenty is, is <laughs> yeah. like
0: that's my zero. But he it's always it,
1: with the sad little face, what do I have to do? I don't want to put you on medicine. What do I have to do? <laughs> oh, my God. I want this doctor. Although oh, he's, great. he's I, great.
0: I just got my one-year physical thing, and and I was like, fuck, she told me to take more fiber. Because even though I'm a vegan, I have high cholesterol. And you may like, just have high I cholesterol. Exactly. So she's like, you need to be taking more fiber. And I was like, I didn't do that. So did she send like, you for a plaque test? No,
1: that's my dentist. No, no, no. Listen to me. Look at this idiot. My mother was a nurse. Listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I have high cholesterol. It's about 220, 222, somewhere in there. Um, and it, my doctor is, is not, he doesn't like statins. He goes, if I don't have to, I don't want to. You seem healthy. Go get a, a, a heart plaque test. What does that mean? So they me- measure the plaque that's building up in your How? arteries They well, the do a, they do a, like, a, they put you in the MRI tube and they can oh, go okay. It's non invasive.
0: No, it's not invasive. Okay. Because you
1: can't invade. And three years ago, zero. <laughs> You did it zero. He goes. You have no plaque, so you got you got high cholesterol. It's not doing anything. That's the danger of high cholesterol is it builds a plaque uh, in the arteries. There's there's fat in your blood, and if it if it you know starts to congeal, you get. Yeah. There's fat in your blood.
0: There's no fat in my blood. No, not in yours. <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. Yeah. Here's the this shift that a series of Netflix self documentaries yes. changed my life. They were like don't look at it like i can't eat these foods look at it i i I can eat those foods i don't want to make it like a self-love thing it's like it's like a blessing thing Mm -hmm. like i can eat cake i've just done it enough times to you ever notice you eat something you shouldn't eat and like an hour or two later you just have panic have you noticed
1: this? This well, I was, trend? I almost killed myself with a piece of uh, cheesecake in New York years ago. I'm going to need to hear this story. Yeah.
0: let's go to the mid rolls when we come back. Jason Alexander
1: and the Deadly Cheesecake.
0: <laughs> Pardon the interruption, friends. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Dad Grass. I am seeing whenever I'm in like a cool shop, like a shop that sells, let's say, shoes and jeans that I absolutely love and need to have. They always have. Dad Grass and Momgrass at the checkout. And I'm so that's how I first found it. And I'm so glad they are a sponsor for this podcast. Dad Grass and Momgrass, if you don't know, are incredible ways to relax, to chill out, and to keep your head. Clear. So chill out all summer long with dad grass because it's too nice out to be couch locked. They'll mellow you out while keeping your head clear and ease away the stress of the day. What is it? Dad grass is legal organic hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Dadgrass CBD products are made with 100% organic hemp. That's easy to dose and the effects come on smooth. I can attest for that. They, it, it looks, you know, it looks like it could be a serious, serious thing, but is the return of the casual smoke. I took a couple puffs and I waited for some freight train to hit me, but I was delighted to see like, no, this is like some rocking chair stuff. This is my stress is melting away, but I'm not going into the rings of Saturn, which I'm really, really happy to find something like this. They offer a variety of products from their token smokable pre-rolled joints, as well as hemp flower and variety of CBD tincture drops. Enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head All Dadgrass products are federally legal. For ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. So go to dadgrass.com slash weird to check out their products. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order. When you go to dadgrass.com slash weird, that's dadgrass.com slash weird for 20% off your first order. Get over there. That's dadgrass.com slash weird. And it's not written here, but momgrass is, is really great too. I actually might prefer momgrass, but they're both incredible. Try both. Get a little of both. Get the sampler. Also, guys, I know it's September, but it's hot as, it's hot as, it's hot as the hinges of hell, as we say, <laughs> like to say in California. But the temperatures aren't the only thing that's rising this summer. That's right. This episode is brought to us by, is sponsored by... Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. And that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. With BlueChew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived they always say first impressions are important but what about lasting impressions well it's time to get off the couch and get back to work if your tool needs an upgrade head to bluechew.com Women say there's nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you that confidence where it counts. So, if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for weirdos. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code WEIRD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code WEIRD, to receive your first month free visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information we thank bluechew for sponsoring the podcast all right everybody back to the lovely chat with the wonderful jason alexander uh, and we're back <laughs> <laughs> That's okay go
1: um yeah i had gone to see a piece of theater in new york <laughs> I and i you, i thought you're gonna say i wanted to see a piece of cheesecake no 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 I was in New York and I went to see a, 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 a musical that was previewing and it was, it was just everything about, it made me angry. It was the only time I've ever left the theater angry going, how do you open your doors and charge money and call this, uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm with two friends and we go to the now defunct Carnegie Deli, yeah, sure. which is notorious for having portions that no human being should ever eat. Yeah. And I order two slices of cheesecake. Because you're on tilt from because bad I'm theater? Because I'm rage eating. Yeah. I'm rage eating. Yeah. And I down them with a glass of milk. This and guy. I get back to the hotel, and I lay down, and I can hear my heart going, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it's just trying to push this this sludge. Through my system, and I thought I am going to die. Like the Play-Doh Fun shakes Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's it was the doh Fun Factor. It was, it was, it was exactly crazy. right. Yeah, it's a star. It was, and I, and believe me, I got up, I walked around, I drank water because I went. This is, I mean, I don't have a heart problem, but I went. That that was madness. I just ate a heart problem. Yeah what happened you were okay i was fine but <laughs> yeah I, mean, <laughs> I went back to next thing, thank another slice
0: uh, no I, didn't. I knew a guy who he did a lot of this is this is not the joe rogan experience but here we are um people realize the joe rogan experience is a thing and they just shut this <laughs> <Right>. off <laughs> wait i forgot um he smoked a lot of dmt do you know what dmt is i do not Dimethyltryptamine. You ever, you ever love how like psychonauts, like big people into psychedelics, know all the chemicals? Yeah, well, That's sure. you're not talking to that person. But I've dabbled. But dimethyltryptamine is is the strongest of the psychedelics. It's like Buck Rogers. You smoke this very acrid, harsh smoke. I'm not. I've never yeah. done it. And you go into another dimension that is like overlaying on this dimension. And everyone says the same thing. It's more real than this thing and all this sort of stuff. They also say that when we die, this is not proven. Uh, There's no data for this, but people are like, this might be what's happening when we die. Because DMT is in our bodies. Okay, So maybe we start to process it and we have these... A thing, an experience. But people are really like, or is it like a plant that really makes you teleport? Because that seems to be the experience. Okay, But because it's like... Again, I couldn't stress this enough. I'm not selling it to you. Uh, again, I haven't done it, but it's like, it's like the most inexplicable, crazy thing you could do. That's like dying. Sure. It's like you're gone. You go, and anything can happen. I've had people tell me they smoke DMT and they're in a coliseum, like ancient Rome kind of style, but it's filled with aliens. Real Star Trek stuff. Loved you on Orville, by the way. There they are. And he's inside of a crab, and he's fighting another crab to the death. And I was like, if I've ever done a psychedelic, it's usually been for a spiritual reason. And I'm like, I don't know what I would learn from being in a crab duel. So I'm out. But they say it might be what happens when you die. So a friend of mine, uh, he had an accident. They gave him some uh, uh, opioids for the pain. He may have taken too many. And he realized, like you and the cheesecake. This is Shane Moss, by the way. He told the story on the podcast. He realized that he was dying because he started having a DMT trip. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He started crossing over. And just like you, this is the best human beings can do. Get up and walk around a little bit. Just get up and try to, like Little League, walk it off. And it worked with you and the cake. And he,
1: he brought him... That's amazingly impressive.
0: Isn't that wild? Yeah. He realized like if he yielded, if he just was like... He would go. Because it was pleasant. He was kind of like, oh, wow. But then he was like, oh, I'm dying. That's how Shane talks. And he got up and kind of like cold water
1: on its face came that back. That is wild shit. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Have you ever done any psychedelics? Again, not clickbait. I'm just I curious. am the most boring man on the planet. I speak for myself and my wife when I tell you I've
0: never been drunk. I've never been high. I am... Into it. Yeah. I heard you say that to Michael Rosenbaum that, and that was actually where I was going. You, you got on the couch like an actor, like somebody who's like, this is what's happening. This uh-huh. is the scene. Giant couch. Yeah. I'll get on the I'll get couch. I'll get on the couch. Meaning, when I think of like, obviously it's a cliche, but your body is an instrument. You, you mentioned that you don't drink when you're doing Broadway eight shows a week. You can't do it. People, People can, I can't. You, know. you I, I, I'm absolutely the same way, yeah. uh, especially a little bit older. I couldn't do what I used to do, right. which is, you know, drink after the shows and all that, and then do it all again the next day. This is a stand-up show, but still, stand-up is an hour-long yeah. yelling yeah, model. Yeah, I get it. See that that Mabus thing, the the throat steamer. That that's yeah. that's, real yeah, theater that's your best stuff. friend. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. your best friend. You bet. Because you're like, I can't do it. I'm doing warm ups. I'm going to the doctor. I can't hit the notes yeah. of the monologue. And it, it, I heard you talking about that. But the reason I mention, I want to hear a little bit about your acting your your philosophies of acting, the best advice you've ever gotten about acting, those those little mantras that you keep with you, but also the physicality of it. Because when I'm like, oh, maybe I should get more serious about acting, I always bristle that I'm like, and I'm not even proud of this. It's not like, oh, I don't like musicals because they sing. I don't like acting classes because they're going to make me walk like a polar bear or something, you know what I mean? But there's this like embarrassment threshold. You have to get over to get in your body and not be embarrassed to emote feel move like how many actors would benefit from a little bit of this right yeah tell me
1: well again i guess it's it's how you so acting was what i what i mentioned before i always felt i never walked on the stage Mm -hmm. i was this guy or that guy or this guy so to me I can do things as George that I I wouldn't want to do as Jason. Wow. Um, You know, the the thing that everybody says to me, (laughs) you know, please sign this photo, and I stop because I go, I I could be sending this to children, is the the thing in Seinfeld where George was on the chaise uh, and Kramer was doing the photo show in the boxer shorts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And they made a poster out of it that's become fairly famous at this point. Um, Who books that? (laughs)
0: <laughs> i think it's something i can get
1: who did that um i mean that scene would have been hard for jason yeah. jason goes mm, come on i'm 20 pounds overweight and i'm bald and I'm, and I'm short and I'm yeah there, you know? yeah george is like let's go <laughs> yeah you know, let's go so you just went into him yeah it's just like yeah and and the ideas of to me of there are a lovely subset of people on this planet whose body I think could be considered fine art. Hmm. So the display of it is kind of like a rapturous thing. You go well on a good day when God is doing yes, <laughs> you know the best really work, firing on. That's sword. what we're supposed to look like. The rest of us look like this, yeah. and there's tons of us. We outnumbered them, you know, big yes. time. Yes. So, um, so I've always thought bodies are funny, and my body's funny, and, and as long I'm much happier using my my body. As a tool for comedy than I am of really? romance, you know, yeah. you know. Oh,
0: oh, certainly for me, I thought you meant words. What about words versus body? Oh,
1: I'd much rather do words. See, I thought I was going to be the great classical actor of all time. So I was drawn to language. Yeah. Um, you know, not physical stuff. I had to learn to use my body. Yeah. And, and surprisingly, that's really, what you talk about talking about talking acting. A lot of what I teach is the physicality of intention. Mm -hmm. um so intent you know in any given scene hopefully you got two characters or more and they want something different to happen i'm trying to get you to do something you're trying to get me to do something it can be small it can be huge the scene is about how do they work on each other to Mm. to to jockey for the outcome so when you're finding that stuff you actors can only play we yes we can i always say this in class i go you know We speak lines. We say lines. They don't call us speakers. They don't call us orators. Mm -hmm. We portray feelings, emotions, but they don't call us emotors. They call us actors. Why our job? Actions. Mm. That's what we bring. That's Mm. what's not on the page. The actions. Wow. So actions are physical gestures. And I find most actors, especially student actors, they leave their body behind. They don't use their body. And the reason they don't use it is because they watch a lot of film where actors seem to be stock ass still. Yeah. And I say to them, yes, many actors are. Many of them are underwhelming. Remember, they've got scoring and camera shots and makeup and light and all kinds of things helping to create a moment in those. And moments. there's a
0: wisdom to that. Paul Bettany did this podcast, mm-hmm. and I was like, tell me the greatest lesson you've learned about acting. And he said, don't forget, let the camera do some of it.
1: that's very good and by the way that's why i'm not i think i'm a less effective filmic actor than i am a stage actor because i forget sometimes that the camera will fill in some of that information Mm. but when i teach i teach actors to use their bodies very fully to show their partner and the audience what their intention is because if the other actor can go oh you're trying to threaten me well then they get to decide well how do i do I feel threatened or do I laugh that off or do I... But if they can't read what you're doing, they just make something up so the ball never gets passed back and forth yeah so body becomes a very bad having a panic attack (laughs) you know what i mean like it's it's true but body body and use of body becomes very important in the work and then once your body understands what you're playing what your action is yeah you can actually then take the body out of it and it will have informed everything else in the performance think
0: about it then stop thinking about it Mm -hmm. it's so interesting i just today i was talking to somebody and i realized i was like there's something I'm doing with my body that is uh, communicating to this guy that I don't that I don't really respect him. And I corrected oh, it. I was like, what? stop it, open up. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I was being comedian to him. Uh-huh. I was like, oh yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Open up and all that sort of stuff. But I don't yet have the, the cheat sheet, meaning, okay, I'm going to intimidate maybe the lurch for, I don't know what the, do you have that?
1: mapped out yeah so well first of all when it's introduced to student actors for the first time their brain freezes it's a very actors don't like going into their head they think that the work comes from the emotions and it can and and ultimately it needs to but you'll hear actors go i'm just gonna feel it man i don't want to over prep it i'm just gonna feel it i'm just gonna feel it yeah i'm gonna Get it off my partner. I'm just going to feel it. Well, if your partner comes in the same way, now you got two people going. Ah, I'm waiting for you, and you're waiting for me, and buddy, uh, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to react to you, but everybody's in hold, waiting. For, this is why you can't. Have, nobody's made a decision. You can't have right? two
0: Michael Rappaports. You
1: can You know, like, you, like the the wild
0: cards. I think That's he's great. Correct. That's why he came to mind. Yeah, but you also. It's like Tom Petty. Uh, is a great front man, but he wouldn't be a great member of the choir. (laughs) You don't want Tom Petty's voice in the choir. Right. But you can't necessarily have two wild cards in a scene. You need something to work with for the other person to...
1: You actually can have... Well, you can't have two um, unchosen artists in a scene. Somebody's going to have to make choices. If you have two unchosen artists in the scene, a third person's making choices. Either the director or the camera or the sun somebody's making a choice interesting somebody has to make a choice it's the only way you can tell a story this is how i'm going to tell it
0: yeah
1: and all we're doing is telling stories right so somebody has to figure out something they want to do to tell the story um, actors don't like it they don't like going into their head but when you want, but when you when you start thinking about this stuff there are two great books, if you're looking for them, and, and they're almost actor Bibles at this point. One is called Actions for Actors. It's just a big old thesaurus about, you know, uh, to attack can also mean to strangle, to mutilate, to, to so that, you know, you can go, well, what's the difference between to attack, which your body doesn't know what to do with, as opposed to to strangle, where you go, oh, now I know exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, um, interesting. Wow. I tell... I kind of force my students to do their scenes or monologues only in their actions, no words. If you can't tell your story without the words, then you haven't supplied your part of the work. This is like clown college. I I, I know that sounds absurd, (laughs) but
0: I've been scared of taking a clown class. Mm -hmm. My friends have done it, and they're like, someone like me, I'd start talking, they'd
1: just be like, stop talking!
0: I'd be like, fuck
1: you. (laughs) But clown college is scary because... It's not just about intention. It's about it's the thing that makes comedic, comedians and comedic actors who are good at it, they have this extra little thing. It's not just about making choices. Something's telling you how to make a funny choice. A funny choice, yeah. And so that's the problem with clown college is you go, am I funny? Yeah. Am I funny? Am, yeah. I, am I a funny clown? You and know. now you're getting into
0: my ego and that's why I'm terrified of it. If, if somebody told me I wasn't funny, I'd be like,
1: I will now right. prove you wrong. In some absurd I way, you, you go—you'll go to anything in order yeah. to get the laugh. When yeah. for the character, the laugh is not the thing they want. Right. That's the absurd. That's the well, that's what byproduct. somebody tell me. What I've had to
0: um, cry on camera, and somebody told me, maybe my acting coach, Karen. She was like, the interesting thing about crying is you have to cry. This is very crude. Mm-hmm. You have to look like
1: you don't want to cry. Nobody wants to cry. What, only actors cry. Only actors <laughs> go. I'm crying. That's great. People in real life will do anything to not be seen crying. Yes, <laughs> anything. Yes. That's the most humili- it's humiliating thing in the world. Yeah. But they're like, there's a twinkle, like I'm doing it. You
0: bet. Like a like yeah. right down the lens, like a perfect tear. You're so yeah. happy it happened. Uh,
1: there was a I had a great moment about that. Um, I was doing a movie called Love, Valor, Compassion, and a br- really brilliant director, uh, a guy named Joe Mantello, who does mostly theater, mostly yeah. in New York very little film. It was one of his, I think it may be his only film, but, um, and I had a big, a big monologue, a big aria, man, it's so emotional about the tragedy that my lover is dying and he has AIDS and nobody cares and I have AIDS and I'm gonna die and nobody, you know, and at the very end of the monologue, the guy I'm talking to, I turn to him and I go, do you promise me that you will be there when it's my turn? That your your face will be the last face? I say, and I'm prepping this thing, and I, man, I want to, I want to cry, I want to rage, I want to do. And Joe, very smartly, lets me do three, four takes, and it's all working. I'm crying, I'm, you know, it's great. Yeah. And he comes in around take five, and he goes, "We got it, it's great, we got it." I want to do one more. I just want to do something. Um, you're not angry, you're not scared, you're not. Don't worry about that stuff. You just really want. You don't want to be alone when you die. And you know that he can't look at that stuff. So really make him promise. Just use the whole monologue to get him to promise to do that. And I go, Joe, come on. It's like one, you want me to play one color, one note for a two-page monologue? He goes, yeah, no, don't worry. We got it. We got it. This is just like a piece of something. Just a piece. Yeah. so I go, all right, listen, he's a great director. I'm going to trust him. And I go, take a minute, and we do the scene, and I... And I stop worrying about everything else. And I go, I'm going to make you promise that you're going to be there. I'm going to say this whole thing to you so you promise. The actor I'm working with is a wonderful actor named Steven Spinella. And we get to the end of the monologue. And I'm emotional. I've I've gone through some stuff. I'm not quite the weeping. Thing, but for the first time, he's crying.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And we go, cut. And Joe comes out from behind the camera like, you know, cat that swallowed the canary. And he goes and i go that's the take isn't it he goes oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah and he's absolutely right because it was all about steven spinella it was all about getting the thing my character needed my character didn't need to be seen crying my character didn't need to be seen screaming he needed to feel connected and not alone and not lost yeah and wow. that's, and when, when he started working for that, so I always say to my students who have emotional scenes, it, it's, a, it's a rough way of saying it, but I go, I don't really care what you feel. I care what you make him feel. Wow. Because in doing that, I promise you, you will feel. You can't play an action and be devoid of the emotion that triggers that action.
0: I really feel like it goes back to our thoughts about a good life, the service, being outward, not having a panic attack. There at is bed. a theme. There's a theme. Look at us. But I think all of this inwardness, even we say this on the pod all the time, but even look at how shiny I am is a lonely place. Yeah. Because because you're defined by how you feel about me. I'm thinking about me. I'm trying to make you think about me. And and it's dangerous. We, we love it in this country uh you know not just this country but you know the tony stark thing be the guy mm-hmm. with the iron suit no one can hurt him and everyone wants to be him and women want to be with him and all that stuff but i'm like i actually think it's the heroes are your mom and 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 i agree and david lee roth yeah. and you teaching this stuff i meaning there's a whole it doesn't all have to be mother Teresa or nothing but like it's
1: outwardness yeah yeah let's get weird yeah <laughs> wasn't it the Lenny Bruce routine about um, the Lone Ranger in the Lone Ranger routine he used to do a thing about the Lone Ranger doesn't stick around for a thank you the whole crowd was angry because what's with him hi-ho silver and a bullet and he's gone you can't, stay, you can't get a thank you you can't give him a thank you what kind of a person is this you can't give a thank you that's hilarious let's let's lynch this bastard <laughs> that is <laughs> you <know>. truly great <laughs> and it's, but that's kind of what I mean, I'd like to say this is how I roll. I, I'm, I'm sure it's not. But but there is a joy to going, you already thanked me by participating. Yeah. I had a great time yeah. doing this with you. That was the joy. I, it doesn't need... Yeah, you know it's like oh god this is gonna sound like such a pat on my back and i don't mean it to but it was one of the moments where i realized i learned something and it was when my 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 dear friend julia louis-dreyfus was getting her star on the walk of fame and i and she asked if i would come and be part of it and i did and it was lovely and i was thrilled to be there and i i came home and my boys were young teenagers at the time and they said uh dad do you have one i went nope and they go, Well, don't you want one? And I went, you know, honestly, I didn't quite think about it. I guess if someone handed it to me, I would take it. But I said, But here's the crazy thing, guys. I could I could take you up there. We can walk blocks. You won't know any of those names. I mean, you know, they were famous. It's the walk of fame. You won't know those names. Yeah. And I said to skill them Gil Dingler? <laughs> yeah, right? Monasha Skullnik? <laughs> Um, menage but skull neck and this is the moment that kind of where they went huh i said you know honest to god in this moment i can tell you when i'm gone there are only two people in the world i care if and how they remember me i'm looking at both of them oh my gosh i go i i don't i mean i would like to have gone out with people going i'm glad he was on the planet I, i got something from that guy yeah but when they go 20 years from now, you don't want them watching your movies? And I go... Yeah. God bless. They watch them. They want. I, I yeah. said, I don't, any movie I've made doesn't need to be here 20 years. So right Ghost now, Alexander so. can come yeah, out right? of the curtains. You know, Ooh, pretty woman. It's, it, yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> that holds up well. Uh,
0: <laughs> like, man, it's the cigarette case oh, and, a, gosh. And, a, and a toothy grin. Yeah, that's all we need. <laughs> so. No, that's beautiful. I also loved if you were giving them that speech and we hear in the background there's a truck like beep, beep, beep. And they're unloading. <laughs> Like a like a George Costanza bronze statue. statue.
1: Yeah. Like, the only people I care about. Beep beep beep. They're lowering it. My son and I. My son Gabe is an actor and he's wonderful. And we did a, a short-lived um, uh, series for Freeform called Dinner with Dad. It was just these conversations about life in the business. From and he played him and I played me and mm. my perspective, his perspective. And there's one where we got into a conversation about. Um what name dad are you going to have on your tombstone because my real name is j scott greenspan it's not jason alexander oh, wow. and i go uh, i don't know i guess it'd be like an aka you know and he went you're gonna put an aka <laughs> and it was like these are improv conversations and we're like that's a really good question it's, do i care yeah if somebody walks by that stone and goes Oh, he's that guy. How does that serve me? This is
0: literally <laughs> the answer to the question, when does it stop? When's it so I'm at a I've told the story before, but I want to tell it to you. I, I'm at a Ramdas retreat. I love Ramdas. Oh so. Ramdas. Yeah. Wow, you are he's, hardcore, man. He's, he's not. I- I'm not so Alan Alda. I, by God. <laughs> Um Yeah, I was at a Ramdas thing and I was it was like doing late night. It was at the retreat and they asked me if I wanted to go up on stage and 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 speak but as like a spiritual person uh-huh. i was like oh not to talk a about comedy yes, but right. to like <laughs> do this wear this other hat right. and this is my biggest other passion and ramdas is in the audience and and uh and there and no it wasn't in lamont that was the year i did it. so i did it another time ramdas was not in the audience but anyway here's my guy my homeboy uh-huh. ramdas changed my life and i'm watching the talk. And I'm going to be brought on at the end. And I'm sitting there going, like, nobody's uh, nobody's nailing this. Like, as a spiritual showman, I'm like, the people are asking questions. I know what Ram Dass in 1978 would have said. Mm-hmm. I could quote it verbatim. He's there. He's like a father figure to me. I'm like, I'm going to quote it. Like, I'm going to go up. Not only am I going to go up on stage and take new questions, I'm going to go back and be like, I also feel like this could have been said, this could have been said, like a flourish, like a big you know, like a medley. Like I'm going right. to hit all Greatest the hits, sense. just the right. choruses of every great musical number Round has ever performed. And of course the fantasy is like, play it out now i do this i go what do you think is gonna happen? he's gonna be like you're my chosen boy uh, sure. no one has understood me but you i love you and then and then the question after that is like and then what you know what i mean right. and, and then what <laughs> then you'll feel okay i know to ask those questions now to play it out now right and to get honest about what you want like what do you really want and why do you want it but back then i really just wanted to razzle dazzle my my Mental. teacher yeah, yeah. And just like a late night show, it's getting later, it's getting later, it's getting later. The guy on stage goes, we've run out of time. And I'm like, run out of time? This is being run like Hate ashbury Like, it was sloppy, it was slow, you can hear the ceiling fan. It's not good showbiz if you can hear the ceiling fan, I'd get this thing popping. So anyway, I'm bumped, basically. And I say to David Nicktern, this Buddhist teacher who I love, and I, he's also like a mentor to me, and I go... <laughs> You know, we're in a spiritual environment. We're on a retreat, for fuck's sake. But I'm just like, I can be honest with him, like you with Mr. Moss. Right. And I'm just like, these motherfuckers, like, I, they asked me to be here. It's like disrespectful. I'm sitting here the whole time Ramdas was there. Like, I'm having a good complaint in a trusted place. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't do it publicly, but I'm doing it here. And he just goes, Pete, when's it going to be enough? And that's one of the greatest teachings of my life. When's it going to be enough? That's right. You with your son, you're gonna do it. It's Jerry eating fries. You're gonna do an AKA. <laughs> it belongs in the diner. Gabe needs to know that was premium yeah. content. Yeah, AKA. Like when's it gonna be enough? But you realized it's enough. Walk of fame.
1: What? So a yeah. dog can poop on your name? I mean, listen, it's a lovely thing. I know it's usually done. Generally, it's done as a as a as a. Tip of the cap. Yeah, exactly. And I go, well, okay, I got a lot of those. I, You know, people have been very nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> very, very nice. Disproportionately blessed. That's right. I don't know that I need the thing in the sidewalk. If somebody wants to give it to me, I'll show up. Yes. And I will make fun of it, because that's what we do in Jersey. That's right. And then I'll go home, and when they go, you got to start? I go, yes, I do. <laughs> 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 it's outside a porn shop on Hollywood... And Western. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's 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 do
0: some weird questions. I really want to get some things you've never been asked. Uh, stuff. Here's one and feel free to dodge it. One time I was telling a sound guy that I was n- nervous about EMF. I, I I'm kind of an oh, EMF yeah. thing over there. Yeah. And he said Jason Alexander is that way. Mm-hmm. Is that something you've ever talked about? No, my wife. So my
1: wife, you because know, we
0: celebrate weird things, and that's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So just know uh, the tone I'm asking.
1: My wife, for a long time, we had five years of unexplainable infertility. We took every test, and they went, "Are you fucking?" Because we don't. You know. Are you sure you're fucking? <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the things that she was sure of is in our old New York apartment, a very thin New York City apartment wall separated the headboard of our bed and the back of our refrigerator. And she was convinced that the EMF radiation coming from the refrigerator was somehow having an effect on
0: electromagnetic, the right?
1: And so we, she got the meters, and the, you know, you know who would agree you know. with you, by the way, hmm. Sadguru. Uh,
0: he's a, he's like you should face
1: to the. I forget it what it was. East, got to, Is he, yeah. I
0: think it might be the east, but it's something about the magnetic rotation yeah, of the earth sure. and the
1: blood and the iron in your blood. He has,
0: he's on this tip. Uh, Keep going. So so frig- my
1: wife got me into it, and for a time there, we had someone. Wait, did you move it and? Uh, we moved the bed, yeah. and then <laughs> baby? No, uh, but okay. babies, yes, but not, not because of that. Um, we someone came out to our house when we bought it, and they went through the, with the meters and said, "Oh, you got to move this here and a pipe here and a thing here," and then it <laughs> all came to a head. <laughs> Come back to Marty Short. who oh, I'm sure must have told great stories about this. She got concerned about the the the, the microphones, the mic packs. Yeah. So my wife. Made me. Uh, she got made for me, cotton undershirts that had a blocking material so that I could put on the undershirt. You're talking to a the guy who almost on the outside. ordered one of those hats. There you go. So you, you so you have a, a shirt to block it. I did. I, you know, she she has become lax about it, and therefore I have become lax about it. But yeah. we were for a while there
0: very serious about it. It's interesting. We're back to the Mercury pooling. I'm not saying it's not something worthy of anxiety. Mm-hmm but like sometimes I get that way. I'll become obsessed and be kind of like,
1: how do I get, get this out of well, our lives? Every young person I know, everyone under 30 that I know, their anxiety levels are off the charts. Yeah. There's, there's the level of anxiety and depressive-related mental health that's either come out of the darkness and we're just talking about it more, or it's more profound. These friggin' phones yeah. that we wear on our in our pockets next to our testicles, yeah. next to our kidneys, next, to, to, our next our heads. to our brains. for next to a woman, to our next to their breasts, next yeah. to their ovaries. Yeah, I'm not sure that we shouldn't be taking it more seriously. People, there were there were scientists talking about that stuff with much more, and then it went away. And then it went away. Yeah. And either the research went well, it does something, but we don't know what. We can't say that it's a bad thing. Yeah. But nobody's even looking, as far as I know, nobody's looking at it anymore. And I, yeah. We took a, a trip uh, exactly a year ago, my family and my daughter-in-law's family. We went rafting for eight days in the Grand Canyon. So no cell signal, no nothing. Wow. Man. You were back. That was bliss. You were back. That was bliss. Yeah. You, there, was, there was none of this stuff.
0: There's that for sure. And then there's also, and I'm not breaking any new ground here, but the book selfie that I'm reading is all about why is everyone so depressed? Why is everyone so anxious? Obviously self-obsession and what does social media have to do about that? But when you're raised with it, I'm trying to work on this bit about how the world is catching up to how I was as a fundamentalist Christian, where it's like, we'll send you to hell. Like if you make a mistake, we'll send you to hell. Uh And I go, this is the only joke in it, which is why I haven't done it. And I go, the worst part is that hell's real. Like, meaning your kids, my kids are growing up in a place where they see, by the way, this is not sympathizing with with people who've done terrible things. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about little mistakes, bad bad things you post or whatever it is. Yeah. So please don't think I'm apologizing for truly horrible behavior, yeah. bad behavior. I'm just saying you see what happens, you make a mistake. Wah! Oh, yeah. And I was like, Welcome to my world. You're just yeah. you're just creating Absolutely. a fundamentalist environment, and also, church lobby, khakis, smile. We play a part. You play church, Pete. Oh, God bless you, Jason. Mm-hmm. As soon as I get in my car, I'm like, fucking phony. What? You know, to myself. Sure, it's private. Nobody's that big of a phony that they would just start saying that yeah. some of us were. But I'm like, that's Instagram. It's like in Naples or whatever, and it's like. I've been to Naples. The first day, jet lagged. You're not happy. Takes at my age, first three days of the vacation are just acclimating to being on vacation. Absolutely. But the photos are like crab faced. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a religious kind of thing where it's like just look like you're holy. Pretend like you're happy. Pretend Mm -hmm. like you're holy. And these machines. So in the book selfie, I'm recommending it they talk about the kids and the pressure where they even know that they're full of shit and they know that they're full of shit. nobody's actually happy you're just looking happy but it doesn't matter knowing that it's not real doesn't help we're still human animals we're still seeing images images shape your reality look to Jung and freud for other examples of it they have they have so many studies of like showing someone an image and what it does to you internally and now Mm -hmm. what you were doing for eight days not just no emf not just no cell or in internet, no images.
1: Absolutely Imagine right.
0: that, Absolutely
1: just reality.
0: Right. That's what I love about this podcast. That's why I hated that my phone rang. Two hours where this can just be the image, yeah, just reality. Yeah. Sorry, you got me on a on one of my topics. Well, I-
1: <laughs> just on on that topic. You know when I when I knew the modern world was going to take a turn for the for the worse, hmm. and I can't remember the day, but I remember it has to be twelve years ago watching something on cnn a news story a news story yeah cut back to wolf blitzer and he goes we want to know what you think so tweet us and i go you want to know what we think what does it matter what i think it's a news story it's it's a factual event why why does my take on it and i went are people gonna write in and tweet in about this And that's when I went, It's over. we're done.
0: Jay. We're done. This is the highest compliment I can give an observation. It's ready for the stage. (laughs) It's ready to go. (laughs) That's when I knew we were done. We're done. It's so right. And as soon as we let in those voices, your brain, you, Jason Alexander, Jay, Green. Green? Greenspan. Greenspan for you. Think Alan. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Locked in. You give me a compliment. You're an accomplished actor. All these things. That should mean a lot, but I have to sit with it. But this guy on the street, basically driving by in a bus, yells out the window, you look like you're wearing a travel pillow. <laughs> it's a burn I wrote for myself.
1: <sighs>
0: and I I take you both as equal. Oh, you, you know, bet. There's no... You what bet. is this guy? By the way, beloved child of God, I'm just saying, there's credentials, you there's bet. the news, there's a doctor. This guy was like... Yeah. You should get a, a what the the plaque test. You know what I mean. <laughs> you got that from a doctor. That should matter more. No right. new ground. Right, right. Here's 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 some other other things. Have you ever seen not just a ghost or an, or
1: a UFO, but anything you can't explain? Sure. Uh, yeah, hit it. Give me one. So this is the one and only time that I'm aware of that I wound up in the National Enquirer, what? and they actually called to go. We're just checking. Do you want to comment on this? And I had to go. <sighs> it's kind of, you got it right. Um, I was, <laughs> I was doing a movie. I did have lunch. I was with doing that, boy. that that Joe Mantella movie. Whoa! And they, we were shooting um, a little bit north of Montreal, Canada, and the production put myself and my family in this lovely house. Um, I can't believe I'm telling this story. <laughs> uh, in this house, you know, it was kind of a bigger house than what we needed. And at some point, I think they had said maybe it had been an embassy or something like that. Nothing spooky about the house. Um, but we noticed, you know, oh, some weird things. Like, my, my wife is very sensitive to smells. So she doesn't wear cologne. I don't wear cologne. We had a, a That's weird. Was. I almost said, and refrigerators. And oh, then the refrigerator kicked right on. Up. Weird. But there would be, there would at night, there would be like a, a perfume Wait, okay. scent. Oh, yeah, that's got to Sorry, good. Jay. Uh, at night, all of a sudden, this has to be a perfume scent, and it would travel from like one room to another. We went, oh, that's weird. Okay. And then... Classic um, ghost. Also at night, we would think we were hearing whispering in French. And we're going, I do so, 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 so not and we're going was that and we couldn't and we couldn't source them we thought maybe it's a radio frequency I mean we're Montreal people speak French yeah so maybe we're picking up a, a radio frequency couldn't figure that out and the nanny was coming down the stairs one day and she's carrying my 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 younger son was an infant at the time and she lunges forward on the staircase she protects the baby but she kind of bangs her up her arms and she goes I got pushed we are like oh, okay and <laughs> um, by a French Canadian, and then the way the the way the house was set up, my wife and I were um, in a bedroom. My my younger son, an infant, was in the room with us, and my older son was in the room next door. And then this nanny and this nanny helper were staying at the other end of the hallway, down a significant hallway, in bedrooms at the other end. And the, the this one nanny that was with us, we had she had been with us for three years already. Great girl, you know. Her, nothing She not a drinker not a drink and we come down to breakfast one day and she says to me i know the answer to this but you wouldn't have had any reason to me she says you wouldn't have had any reason to be in our rooms last night would you And I went, absolutely not <laughs> unless it was on fire there's no reason i would be down in your rooms she went i know that but we both and they were in separate rooms they said we both felt like there was a man in our room last night and like okay so now that's all the tea up to tea up. Yeah. I have an early call one morning for the movie, like a 5 a.m. pickup. I come out the bedroom door and the nanny that's been with us is sitting on the floor outside in her in her pajamas with a blanket wrapped around her. Pale as can be. And she goes, I'm not staying in this house. And she swears that there was a male presence in her room that she heard him laugh that it that there was a though the windows were closed there was a enough of a gust that it blew a lamp off the bedside table and that there was this mist and this mist swirled and kind of came at her and she felt flushed and and abused and then the minute it stopped the lamp came on on the floor and she went she i said you were attacked by the undead is that what happened she went i don't know but i'm not staying in this house and i had to call the production and go Thank you for this lovely house. We have to go to the Holiday Inn, and we need to go today. Wow! <laughs> I said, Holiday Inn. No we, ghosts. We we may have a we may have a ghosty thing here, and then somebody must have told the inquirer, and they called and said, "Is is this true?" And I went, "Well, <laughs> normally I'd tell you guys to screw off, but yeah, that's kind of what we think <sighs> happens." So. So there's that. I mean, that's that's probably the there's thing. that I've been a, yeah that part. Of, but I didn't, you know, I didn't actually see it. So I could hear the voices and I could smell the perfume, and but everything else was happening to other people, and wow. I was near it. But I haven't. No, I would love to actually. My, I love alien talk and UFO talk. Oh, really? And, and I'm a big believer in the possibility that was expressed in *Chariot* of the gods and things like that about. It, that a lot of our mythologies and maybe even some of our religions are all yeah. our interpretations of, you know, aliens being here trying to do things with and for the planet and right. for the species. and Speed up agriculture. Yeah, exactly. Sort of and, you know, and, and that was our... Co- so I love that stuff, I but mean, I have we would never do. seen anything yeah. where I'd love... Uh, when we were in the Grand Canyon... Um, there, You know, I would watch the night sky because it's true dark sky and you just see things that are amazing. Yeah. And I would, you know, stare up sometimes and you'd see points of light, you know, moving in weird ways and you go... Is that? Could that be a thing? But you know, it's also who knows. But I'd love to say I. It's actually looking saw at a something. bunch
0: of who knows. That's what makes the night sky so tricky. Is you're looking at a bunch of who knows, yeah. looking for other who knowses. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're I like, I, I already don't understand this. Yeah. But is there something else I don't
1: understand? Yeah.
0: Moving through the thing. I don't I'll tell understand? you the great
1: thing though. If you do, if it, this is my big my big push for go do this trip. It's so clear and it's so brilliant that you can lay there. And you see satellites go by. We saw the, the space station go by. And you could see it plain as day. You go, oh, sure, that's that shape. And you hear, and you. That and that's you just, George <laughs> right. Is that George Is that George Kistan? Oh, my God, Serenity now. Yeah, right. Serenity <laughs> <laughs> sure <did he> know <laughs> Houston, we just had a spotting <laughs> of <over>. it.
0: <laughs> ah. Wow, no, that I would love to do that. I oh, wonder what the right age for my daughter is well that's uh, you know i uh, we don't have to talk about that but moving where we moved uh out north of the city seeing the moon every day uh, i'm just, just great, like right? oh i didn't know yeah, i needed the moon I tell you. turns out i need the moon any psychics i, I have to imagine it'd be mm-hmm. fun for you to call a psychic and they tell you something
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> you are so familiar to me and not the characters you play uh-huh. there's so a weird i'm like i know this guy so we've we we had um this is the most profound one so like i said my wife and i had five years of unexplainable infertility um both my boys are in vitro um we had moved to la we had done some reproductive stuff we had tried a cycle or two in new york and nothing happened and we had come out to la and we just we weren't we didn't know what we were going to do and we heard of a couple of doctors and we so we met a couple of fertility doctors and there's one guy that we really liked a lot. Um, and then we had reason to go back to New York before we made any decision. And my mother-in-law is the one who loves the psychics. She's really into the psychics. She said, you have to go see Frank Andrews. Frank Andrews has passed away since then. But Frank Andrews was a man, I don't think he was five feet tall. He was like Truman Capote. He was just had this little southern kind of, you know, affect. Thing. <laughs> and he had a brownstone down in the, in the village, and he raised papillon dogs. So he had these little papillon dogs, right? <laughs> Great on a salad. And... His thing was <laughs> <I'm> just um, <laughs> kidding. It just sounded like a type of pepper. <laughs> Sorry. Pavion. Can I get that with Pavion? Yeah, extra crispy. <laughs> um And he says we come in and he doesn't know because Seinfeld wasn't a thing yet and he didn't have it. and even if he knew who I was, we weren't necessarily there for anything other than oh go see a psychic, what a lark, you know, not knowing yeah. what he's gonna talk about. And we get into his room and he goes, This is the strangest thing because I normally I I, I do palms and i do tarot and i don't i'm not a medium he goes you know i i invest in things like i look at somebody's hand and see if there's anything you know he said but it's like i'm hearing a voice and i just have to tell you what i'm hearing maybe it'll mean something to you you've been working on a project for a while and it hasn't gone well and you've just taken some meetings and you've met someone named peter or paul i get those confused and i think it may be a last name like Peterson or Peterman or something like that and the voice is saying if you do the project with them it'll be successful and the guy that we had liked was a guy named Dr. Richard Paulson and we went that's really weird and we came back and we signed up with Dr. Richard Paulson and he made my sons when nobody else could and that was a thing where we went. Well, what is that all about? Where did that come from? Whoa! Um, so yeah, I mean, once or twice there's been. That's a fantastic. Know, and I, I listen. I'm in the magic world. I know how. Yeah. Fake psychics do a lot yeah. of their stuff. But that was one of those things where there was more for him to lose than gain. That's right. And it wasn't like, does the letter G mean anything to you? It no, wasn't that shit. Cold It reading, was like, yeah. I'm hearing Peter or Paul, and I think it's like a last name, like Peterson or Paul. And I don't even normally do that. Right. It has all the earmarks of yep. authenticity. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. And then he went, and buy your mother-in-law a house.
1: <laughs> buy
0: her house burned out in Park Los Angeles. America. But you're going to want to buy her yeah. a house.
1: <laughs> no, he was he was very cool. He was very wow. cool. And uh we're sort of
0: running close to the time here, not we don't I just want to be respectful of your time.
1: <laughs> what? You don't edit? Oh, for God's sake, I'm We scared. don't We don't edit. Oh, for folks. God's
0: sake. There's no edits oh, here, my Lord. Um any framework for the meaning of life? I know that's a heavy question. The meaning I've, of life. I'm here with you meaning any any deity? Any structure, when you die, do you think it's over? You just told me a story mm. about, I mean, it's so easy to think that that was a soul uh, brokering the deal for the souls of your son sure, sure, yeah. from a pre-birth place. Yes. Of course, I don't think any of this is yeah. literally true. I think yeah. it's all happening kind of all at once, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of the fun things that Rupert Spiro taught me. It's like time is how eternity constricted into the shape of a human perceives eternity as time, but it's really all just.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know what I mean? So I said, I've never been high, but I'm about to get. (laughs) (laughs) So what
0: I'm saying is it doesn't need to be like how we tell stories. There's a pre-birth area over here and there's your boys and, Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, let's tell them to go to that doctor. So they're born. But uh, it makes me wonder, do you have any story that you like or a framework that you like for the meaning
1: of this? I will tell you two uh, two anecdotes that sort of sum up where I am in my questioning of what is it all out there. When my first son was born, um, he had some sort of bronchial infection. He spent his first 10 days in the uh, intensive care unit and he got a little better before he uh, it got a little worse before he got better and when we didn't know what was going to happen i found myself in the chapel and i'm not a religious person so i will start with that and talking to god and saying um this might be a twofer i don't know if i can survive getting choked up i don't Mm -hmm. know if i survive if you take him Mm -hmm. please don't do this he's a rock he's never been sick a day in his life he's great Mm. But when I tell that story, I go, you know, I've never had a suicidal thought. I'm nobody's hero. I had just met this man. Why would I do that for a stranger? I mean, yes, there's biology. Yes, there's chemistry. I get it. We're we're animals and in nature, parents protect their babies, but they don't throw themselves off a cliff for their babies. Mm -hmm. What was that about? Was this a soul that I had known in some way, shape, or form before mm. because he didn't feel like a stranger to me mm. and that his his the loss of him would be too costly. So that's one story. And then... it's beautiful. I feel like we have to unpack that a little bit. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. That might be okay. yours. Well, it's just
0: beautiful. First of all, it's so beautiful, it's silly to do a bit. The, the chapel in hospitals, that's oh, gotta that's be... Yeah
1: cedar (laughs) a serious
0: serious place yeah and to throw out that earnest of a prayer when you're not even a praying person yeah
1: that's not my relationship and when you said a
0: twofer you meant like i might go i
1: i i'm i don't know if i'll survive it right i I, it may be more than i can bear yeah we worked so hard to get this child well you were also transformed
0: by love you saw a, a good definition for love is seeing yourself in the other recognizing uh-huh. there's as dr uh, dr uh, father greg taught me there's no sunlight between us we're mm-hmm. so close there's no sunlight between us yeah. but that's true of of us but you rec- sometimes the the kids are the ones that right. unlock the place in us where we always
1: mm-hmm. were in love and if, if there is truth to the connection of are, are we soulmates um I mean, I, I just understand that There's, there was a full... Uh, some book I had read. Sometimes said that soulmates are literally fragments of one giant soul that recognize each other and go, mm. "Oh, we're part of the." That's you. I'm recognizing. It. Yeah. But the but what I would tell my kids when they were little about you know death and dying when that would come up and I'd say, well, because they go, I made them. You know, we're we're. Uh, I grew up Jewish. Um, I'm not a practicing Jew. I mean, I, culturally, you can't wipe it off me, nor would I ever yeah. choose to. Yeah. But we're not religious Jews. Um, but we made my sons get bar spit because I went, there are people that will kill you because you're a Jew. You might as well know what you're dying for. So, <laughs> oh, <you know? laughs> my God. Very um, and I also said, you know, it's your choice. I chose. It's not the way I roll, but you you should yeah. hear about it. We're it's chosen. A, you, you choose. choose. Yeah, choose. Right. right, choose. Make a choice. <laughs> you're the chosen people. Um. <laughs> Actors, act, chosen, shoes. <laughs> so they would ask about death and dying, and I go, well, here's, here's what I'll tell you. I don't know. Is there a God? I don't know. I said, I've watched two people take their last breath. The moment before that last breath, they are there. And the moment after that, when my father died, I literally went, as if I could... I mean, there's something about the exhalation of that breath where I went, whoa, and just kind of tracked it with my eyes. And, you know, he's hooked up to a thing that's reading the electrical impulses of his body. They're there. He's generating power. Yeah. Takes a breath, gone. And science tells us you cannot create or destroy energy. You can only change it. So I look at that and I go, well, what did that energy become? Mmm. Where did it go? Is it attracted to like energy? Does it does it become air molecules? Does it become water molecules? I mean, whatever it is, I don't, so to me, I having seen that, I tend to feel like whatever that is has soul connection on it. I don't know if it's sentient. I don't know if it has any trace of our personalities or our histories or our memories or our growth or anything. Mm. I just think, it's a living energy, and something happens to it. Mm. So then I go and I think about God. Another way to put it would be nothing happens to it, or or nothing, nothing happens, happens to it. To it. That's, been, that's, that's very interesting. Yes, yes, um, or yes, or no. But <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it? <laughs> isn't it? Um, Tell me the. Eye. So I have trouble believing. I'll go this way. Big Bang is what's created the universe. Big Bang! What was there before the Big Bang? What was the moment? What made the Big Bang? There was nothing, then there was a Big Bang. Something made a Big Bang. I have trouble getting away from the notion of a creator. A creator. I don't know that it's sentient, I don't know that it's living in the way we think of living. I don't think of it as the biblical God that I have to talk to and ask for presents and make promises. I don't think that's our relationship. I think the universe was created. I think it was created for purpose. And I think we are part of the exploration of that purpose. And that our lives, if nothing else, return information.
0: Mm.
1: To that source? To that source. And that eventually time space physical time space will be done at some point the universe will be done but i don't think the creator comes from this time space reality mm. i think the creator lives outside of that reality mm. and so there are other realities there are other what do you want to call it dimensions there are other there are other somethings mm. maybe when we go we're called back to that i don't know um but I try to think about you create something in the hopes that it will have reason and it will be a good thing.
0: Mm.
1: You don't knowingly create bad things. Very rare. Mm-hmm. So I tend to, even though I'm not a religious person, people say to me, well, how do you know right from wrong? How do you know good from bad? If something is in the service of creation that does not destroy, that does not impede, that does not block, that does not separate, that does not divide. I tend to think it's in the service of creation and therefore must be in the service of the creator. Yeah. And everything that is not that, you can call it evil, I don't know that it's evil, but it's just not in the service of its, its not, intended right. purpose. It's not in the flow, it's not right. in harmony. It's not in the flow. Yeah. And that's that's kind of where my spirituality lies, and it's it's... i I don't know so when i talk to somebody like bill Maher, who goes you don't really believe that shit do you i go yeah i'm too scared to not believe it i'd like to believe that it doesn't have to be me but i'd like to believe that there's a reason me existed other than to fill up space for a period of time yeah there must be something more to it than that it doesn't have to be me it yeah. can be just, you know, we waste it you, you we put this in your flesh and blood and now we're going to take it back and make it a mortar water molecule. That's great. Something'll swim in it, something'll drink it, something'll do something with it. Great. But it's still purposed, you know. Mm.
0: Yeah, you might not have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, but you might become a star. <laughs>
1: right? We are stardust. Do you um
0: I don't know. Do you just want to do another take so you can give a
1: good answer? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. By the way, good. the podcast that I'm launching so is good. not like this at all. You're going to be on it eventually. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to. It is uh, it, my it was friend so Peter good. and I you understand my joke. Right? I do. I, 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 I guess like, I totally it was get as it. if written Please. with a feather pen. If it was you beautiful. have to explain jokes, to okay, me, good, I, good. We're in big trouble. Good, good. But yeah, my friend Peter Tilden and I are launching one on iHeart in November, and it's called Really No Really. And you will almost surely be on it whether you're on it or not because it almost always begins with a comedian's joke observation mm. that we go, yeah, what is that? And then it becomes something big picture and we wow. talk to fascinating people that wow. that we make fun of throughout the whole thing. And, I can't but wait. But it's Fantastic. fun. Really, no really. Edit yeah. that out, but I can't wait. Yeah. To hear that
0: <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson had a very similar answer to you too. He's like, I observe a universe that is constantly churning itself mm-hmm. and he's like when i die i have feasted on the flora and the fauna of this planet and to return to it and be feasted on he's like it's a great privilege to re-enter the cycle and all that that's sort of interesting stuff. that yeah.
1: that interests me a little less yeah i well, don't lo- i don't lovely. love being a smorgasbord but i don't necessarily that, want to be fauna yeah you want to be fauna yeah <laughs> sorry it's just so hard not to be <laughs> why with would you? you want to be fauna <laughs> Gotta go, flora. Flora before fauna. Never been sicker. You do a pretty good Seinfeld, by the way. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, would you and indul- how? Uh, I'm not even going to ask you uh, to do anything. I want you to know because I wonder. I w- would wager a lot of money that you've never gotten this of all the Seinfeld things. Uh, this,
1: okay. You think
0: there's a very good chance you've heard it before? No. I think there's oh.
1: or I've forgotten it. That's okay. where I was. No, going. I'm
0: not putting you on the spot. Okay. George, your character, says, uh, I don't even remember when it was, and neither do you. It's fine. But you say, You're serious, aren't you? And you go, You're serious, aren't you? You for some reason you really say it like, aren't you? Almost every morning, Valerie and I pour some cereal, get some orange juice, and say to our daughter, You're cereal, orange juice. <laughs> and it's just it's just a joy to tell you that. Well, thank you. I, it's one I of those things where the line left. is, you're serious, aren't you? And you made it funny. I think you're in the, the Yankees' office and they're telling you to leave or something. It doesn't matter, but it's one of those George moments and you go, What? Maybe it's you showed up even after you were fired, and they're like, get out of here. And you're like, you're Oh, serious. that wasn't at the Yankees. But okay. Aren't yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know that's a true story.
0: Larry David, yeah.
1: SNL. Yeah. Just act like he didn't do yeah. it. Kenny Kramer had came up with that.
0: Well, let his name never be spoken and his bus tour of desire. Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. I think about it all the time because I write scripts and and I love picking names from my youth. Not that I, I don't really know the Kenny Kramer story, but I'm just sort of like, you got to be careful with the uh, names that you pick. Yeah, it's very
1: true. But it couldn't be Kessler.
0: <laughs>
1: it couldn't have been Kessler. Started as Kessler. I know. Started as Kessler. He it's had true. a dog, too. So let me ask you. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, okay. So... The last series you did, you did a season and it went yeah. away. How do you, so what's the feeling about that? Well, thank you for
0: asking. It took a, I just called the creator of the show, Mark Gross, two, three nights ago. And we both had the same experience, which was, maybe it's a masculine thing. I think all of us do this as a self-preservation. When it got canceled, I'm just forward momentum. I'm just like, okay, I've had, I've had the privilege of having several shows be canceled it's all part of it. Right. It's like Mad Men. The day you sign a client is the day you start losing them. It's all part of it. It means you're in show business. Mm-hmm. So I have this like wonderful spin doctor technique of like, what a privilege that we got to do it. This is true. We didn't waste a day. Mm-hmm. We had fun every day. And I've been on other sets, didn't have the same vibe. Right. We yeah. had fun. Like you said about Seinfeld, you're hanging out, watching other people's scenes. I'm pitching jokes to other people, not just my own joke. Right. when it was okay. Yeah. You'd be like, maybe this, maybe they would pitch me. Oh, yeah, beautiful. We did not waste it. Then it gets canceled, and I spin, and then meaning make it positive. Just keep moving. I have other projects, other things I want to do. But it's all good. I even said on the podcast, on this podcast, I was like, "There's a, there's a fuel to a no," and that is true. You'll work harder. You'll write mm-hmm. more. You do these things. And I actually think the, the bigwigs, the Bezoses, the, the Zuckerberg's or whatever, that don't get a lot of no's, I bet they manufacture no's because they know mm-hmm. there's a certain kind of charge you can only get from someone telling you sure. no. And I, I really was spinning out. And then I had to go like, what a fucking bummer. Like I had to own it. Mm-hmm. I had to go like, that sucked. I didn't know show business could be so simple. And when I mean simple, I mean go to the same place. Crashing, we were driving to Long Island, you know, in a van, two-hour drive, and shoot two scenes. (laughs) That was your day. This was the whole day, little play, fucking around, getting to know everybody. So I really had to... The real courage or the real strength wasn't suppressing that it was sad it was owning that it was sad mm-hmm. and i called mark and i was like are you ready to talk about it? and he was like i was doing what you were doing i wasn't being honest about how sad it was because we were a special yeah. cast yeah. we loved each other i that sounds like phony pho- phony phony shony bony like show business nonsense yeah like love you babe it wasn't like that we no, sometimes that we had a great t- really fast. and yeah. that's when we were like we're not going to come back our way because you have to like <laughs> you almost like you want those shows that everyone hates each other but but that's what it was like it's hard
1: i've i've had three that have crashed and burned after seinfeld yeah it's it's hard yeah
0: you know yeah it's it doesn't get easier then
1: no because you 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 know with seinfeld it was actually easier because it wasn't my show so i you know i was not running the thing i'm 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 a cog in the wheel that's all but when you're when you're you know, closer to the hub of the wheel, and yeah. it doesn't work. You start to go. Do I not know good from bad? Am I not funny? Am I right? right. Am I not supposed to? Oh, you know what? It maybe is. Maybe I shouldn't be number one on the call sheet. I should be number three on the call. You start doing all that stuff. Yeah. Um. And then you know you go through the <laughs> through the period of well they're assholes. You go through that period. Yeah. Um, well, this is morning. Yeah. That's what morning is? Yeah. Yeah. You denial. Bet, you bet. Maybe they'll.
0: Maybe they'll put it on Paramount Plus. It's the oh, yeah, same they're going to move us. See, they're gonna that's move the thing us. from the theater. Yeah.
1: My Broadway debut was, was a what is now a very famous uh, Stephen Sondheim fail. And um, as they were putting up the closing notice, they actually said, There's a very good chance we're going to move to an off Broadway theater. And I went, <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why would someone yeah. take us from Broadway, yeah. where we flopped, and go, yeah. You know where it'll work? smaller theater let's put this um. <laughs> damaged heart in a healthy body <laughs> yeah, yeah right. basically I, mean, I, I
0: i never believed that that's yeah. just something that they said maybe we'll go somewhere else but yeah. i was like i don't think so guys i don't think this is how
1: it works well you are a supremely i'm gonna be nice to you now you're a supremely talented man oh thank you for you that. have made me and my family laugh so much uh. with such smart stuff and Thank you. and uh, finish it. You though. know, you're never going to finish it. <laughs> up. You're, you're never going to not find places to, to do that. Ugh. It's just you know. I hope that there are always places that you go. I I'm happy to be doing uh, it here and doing it this way. And,
0: isn't it funny? I, I really appreciate that. And and like the letter you wrote, Stephen Sondheim, remember um, yeah I do. listen to inside of you for that story because mike what a great guy to put us in touch mm, what yeah, a man, yeah.
1: really he's you know and i only know him really we have yet to we had one lunch together but you, you do wow. click with him pretty fast he's a really lovely but the fact guy. that he put us in touch there's yeah, some yeah. people that are
0: just like i'm not gonna yeah no. no but no, no, he no. knew the yeah. the gift is giving it away and putting us in touch but i had that moment like sondheim when you wrote him that letter and I never had it. I was a little embarrassed. Valerie, my wife, always says, it's not just the feeling. It's the shame that you have the feeling. Mm-hmm. So I was having the feeling, which is an actor cliche, which I was like, am I not done? But like, is it going to be 10 years of wilderness or something? That's right. never happened to me. Right. I've Tarzan swung from for four things, basically. Four great things. And I was like, could this be it? And I'm already doing stuff, but like, you're wondering what the. So, what I'm saying is, thank you. That was a long you're and welcome. fumbling way to say you're thank welcome. you. Yeah. And from you. So, what, what a. I appreciate it. And to you as well. Yes. I, I have that creator mind. I'm sitting here going, like, you know what your problem is? Not your problem. I'm like, maybe Jason is a great dramatic actor. Obviously, you are. It's like, is there like a breaking bad? And then I'm like, you're so charming. This smile. What do you do with that smile? The smile you greeted me with. I was like, Whatever it is, and I know you're directing and I know you're killing it and you're fulfilled and you're teaching and it's wonderful. So I'm not trying to fix a problem. But as a show writer, writer creator, I'm like, what is it? Oh, I and would I'm going to go like, back it's in a second. Gotta if, it be... the,
1: if it was the, you know, it's the, it's got to be. But it has to be something, something that addresses can... that
0: smile. It can't just oh, be, so let's have him be yeah, uh, no, a meth it's, guy. It, it, it's got to uh, be the smile
1: too. Yeah, it's like, that's the thing is like, people do call me to be an actor. Of course, I said, or And village. I go, yeah, I but I kind of didn't I do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and and who am I doing it with? Because that doesn't sound like. Yeah. It's not that they're good, bad, or experienced or otherwise. It just it sounds like they're gonna they're gonna have a very. I love when I, I uh, people approach me with something and they go, "We just want you to do you." And I go, "You don't know who I am." Yeah. I'm well, in therapy. I'm just figuring which out. which <laughs> character that I played yeah. is the one that you think is me. Right. You know. Um, because I've even played. Uh, have you done this where you play yourself and stuff? Sure. And I go and I always show up and go, "Which which me are you speaking of?" Even that isn't me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I go, that's even stand-up is. me isn't me. Right.
0: It, it can't. you think? I mean, it's the closest, sure. but it's At also least one it's that you've created for yourself. It's exaggerated. So. Yeah. 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 I'm not. Am I? Yelling at you right now, you know what yeah, I mean?
1: Like, stage absolutely. Pete, very, very different from yeah. real Pete. So, you know, I keep and I've got a couple of ideas. I got one idea that I think is so good, but it needs a really smart writer. Oh, really? Write it. But it's a uh, it's a. When, when we're not shooting, I'll tell you what. Oh, please is. tell but me about it. it. Um, I there's yeah.
0: nothing when we talk about knowing ourselves. Val helps me with this. She's like, You love writing things, I love getting. I don't know if it's an ADD. I don't know if I even have ADD, but I love getting tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Somebody just said to me, they were like, "You should write something for you and Maya," because Maya Rudolph did this podcast, mm-hmm. and I just took two days. I haven't even told her about it, but I was like, "Okay, it's this. It's based on this couple that I know, and like, love it." I get caught in that
1: timeless wow. space. Well, that is a gift to be able to to get an inspiration like that and execute it. <sighs> that that so you're saying like you
0: can memorize a monologue real fast, yeah, this, oh, and and yeah. act. And create a character, all that stuff. Uh, sorry to make this about me, but that—that that is something That's I've identified as my savant ability. Is that what you said? Yeah. Is that your thing? My you savant ability. Put it on paper quickly. If you say, like, I would love—I I don't know—I I actually believe I could do it as well. Uh, w- certainly in time. Uh, Mike White wrote White Lotus uh-huh. in like—I think he wrote it in a couple weeks. Yeah. It Just got like fifty yeah. Emmy nominations. He just knew it. I mean, just yeah. did it. Mm-hmm. There's there's those of us that like that like the the stories in my life. I get notes on a pile, and they're like, "You should completely change it." Two days later, send it finished. You know what I mean? I like those snowed in a log yeah, cabin. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't yeah, even name was. the characters; you just name them Bill, James, because you don't want to waste time going. It's a waste of time. If I, taught, if I taught a class on writing, I'd go stop doing this. Jim wow. PowerPoint <laughs> enters the room. Just right, yeah. name them people right. you went to high school with, yeah. and keep moving because that's not.
1: It doesn't matter that you have. Well, maybe you do. That is uh, that's a superpower. That of. is a superpower because that's where most. Of, I, I, I think I can write. Yeah, but to power through the. And then what happens well if they do that then that's a... and i talk myself out of it yeah you know? nothing and... pleases me more if somebody outlined something with me i did something
0: with the the show i'm talking about was with adam mckay he he outlined yeah. it and then when i handed it in and it's different from the outline because i went into like a shamanic fugue state uh-huh. where i was like it's not that and you he doesn't say why is it different he just goes it works you're like it's one of the great wow. joys it's one of the great joys
1: i didn't mean to make it about me right here at no the i that's i asked the question I, you know that's fantastic
0: well you get one more because we ask everybody this question oh
1: uh, uh, uh. okay
0: i've enjoyed this
1: i sort of feel like i'm in
0: like with a high school friend and i <laughs> I, I and I, I i before i even said that i made sure i extricated it from the familiarity sure. of watching you so much but uh, i'm just like this i ah, love it feeling it um can you tell me the time, a time in your life where you laughed so hard you had tears rolling down your cheeks? I always give this little caveat. It doesn't have to be a good story. In fact, I'll settle for how old you are, who you're with. Here are the prompts. Maybe someone farted. Maybe someone fell down. I know you weren't stoned. But I have to think rehearsing. I have to think
1: flubbing a line. Um it's there's one moment that's coming to mind that's actually on television you can see it it's on a Seinfeld episode it's just carefully hidden what it's in the Seinfeld episode called the parking garage where we can't find our car in a multi-story parking garage Yes. it was the first time we shot the the Seinfeld show without a live audience where we actually did it like a movie you know we came in and we shot for four days you know And they were long days because we did it on our soundstage. And the way that we would go from floor to floor in the parking garage. It'd change it. Change, move the cars around, change all the signage. And then there were mirrors on the perimeter so that it looked like it kept going and going and going. It was beautifully done. But we're punchy, you know. And we're, we're really punchy. And it's, it's day four. And it's the last night. And we are we're in golden time. I mean, we, we're, we're not getting it done. And it's the last scene. It's we finally found the car and now all that has to happen is Kramer has to get, he's been carrying an air conditioner around while looking for, he's got to get the air conditioner in the car. Elaine's got the bag with the two goldfish. I've missed the movie that I'm supposed to go with, to, with this wonderful woman That I can't remember what Jerry was trying to get to. but And all that is left to do is a couple lines, put the box in the car, get in the car, drive off. That's it. And we are stupid we're laughing at nothing (laughs) laughing at nothing Jerry said Julia had a line what about the little fishes you know or something like that and he said do it in the cutest voice you can do it in we'll have a cute contest and so she's going you know now we're all trying to top her and we're just laughing at nothing and they're going action and we can't get a shot in and it's two o'clock in the morning you know and, and our director hits the wall and he goes god damn it this is it. You're going to do the goddamn sin, and this is it. I don't care what happens, do it and get it the fuck out of and here. And we're like you know, little children now being Andy chastised by. No, it was uh, Tom Sharonis. Yeah, Andy Ackerman never raises his voice. I was going to say the sweetest voice. So we're like, okay, we're in trouble. Now, Jerry and I basically have our back to the main camera, but Michael is in dead profile, and Julia is completely exposed. And Michael's got this box with a real air conditioner in it because he want you know, Mr. Method, he wanted to carry around a real air conditioner for that. Oh, my God. If you c- tried to carefully put this box into the trunk of this car, you have about a three-quarter of an inch dead zone around it. it it's just barely going to fit in this trunk. But yeah. if you do it, you can get it in. Michael decides after this chastisement that he's going to do a Kramer. He's going to have it come off his shoulder and he's going to going to get it in the trunk that way. Action. And he goes, yeah, yeah. and he does a thing with his body. Well, of course, the, the lip of the trunk stops the box dead and Michael's face keeps going and he smashes his face into the corner of this box. And he's now split his lip and he's bleeding from the lip. And there is nothing funnier on the planet. <laughs> I mean, Jerry and I—you can kind of see our shoulders are going. We're trying to not do anything that's going to ruin this shot. Julia is exposed, right? And she's she is so ready to laugh, but she's containing it, and to the point where she starts to cry oh my because God. she's she's fighting so hard to contain it that the tears are rolling down her eyes. Michael, who never breaks character, looks at her, sees that she's in trouble, and ad-libs, it's not funny, Elaine. I hurt myself. Which is fucking hysterical. We are, I mean, I, I, I was so close to having appendicitis from trying to not let the sound of this Tears rolling down my face, but I'm the camera can't see me. We get in this car, Jerry and I are in the back, Julia's in the passenger seat, Michael's it's Michael's car. And we are supposed to start this car and drive off. <laughs> he turns that key and the fucking thing won't turn over. That car is rocking. Jerry and I are pounding each other in the back seat, screaming crying laughing it is be- i mean i i don't i don't remember when i've laughed that hard and and sharonis was good to his word my michael michael tries to turn the car over three times steps out of the car looks off in the distance steps back in tries it again <laughs> cut and that's how the episode ends we never shot another one after that but that was i mean that was that was one of those experiences where you know I hold that, and I go, God, I love those three people. Because to have that moment... Yeah. And and it's just that we're the only ones who know it. We know what that was, you know, and how how hard... I mean, you've been there, where you're not supposed to be laughing. You don't want to ruin a thing. And you just... It was so delicious. So delicious.
0: I mean, best answer of all time, I think. Uh, But also... I just I really love that Michael said, It's not funny, Elaine, I hurt myself. Right. It's not funny in that moment to be like, you should see the other guy, or some something dumb. To really be like, it's not funny, Elaine. Like to use the name. I hurt myself. I hurt myself. (laughs) Is the funniest thing you could say. Absolutely. As I always say, you could have taken a four-hour break. What's the best line? It's not funny, Elaine. I hurt myself. I
1: hurt myself. To a woman who is weeping, she's yes. laughing so yes. hard.
0: Yes. It, it's <sighs> not funny, Elaine. I hurt myself isn't in the episode, I don't
1: think. Right? No, they right. cut that. Yeah, they out. cut that. I mean, that's... and they managed because they, you know, they were rolling three or four cameras. They managed to cut around enough that you don't quite see the tears yes. on Julia's face. But there is a shot of the car. Rocking. Where you can see Jerry and me in the backseat smacking each other because we're just I can't that was again the mike michael uh, rosenbaum
0: podcast you tell the story about the writing the hole in one all the, the guys s- when they were the C C on was one. angry yeah. that day yeah. the way that that manufactured this perfect ending and the car not starting is also a perfect ending perfect it was discovered on the day absolutely and you watch it and you're like those are the only way those episodes could have ended absolutely but that's that sort of kismet and fun and joy and flow that you need and what what a fun and beautiful answer the best yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. well tell me the idea
1: i have a i have a free couple hours i'm just kidding (laughs) Um, you'll love the idea i can't if it ever comes to television you will love the idea Uh but it's um it's a fun idea i'll tell you in a minute all right
0: well uh we have the guest at the end of the first of all thank you so much what a joy thank you a pleasure would you uh say keep it crispy it's how we end the guest says the catchphrase uh it doesn't mean anything bad i promise you that keep
1: it crispy it's howie and that's it
0: (laughs) well no one's ever done that (laughs) (laughs) i mean it i really mean it you're serious orange juice (laughs) thank you so much jay thank you